Ladies, gentlemen, enemies, what is going on? This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. I'm the Digital Dukes. They also call me the Digital Phantom. They also call me the Neon Hammer. They also call me... They call me a lot of things, Charlie. They call me... They call me the Rizzler. No, that's what they call Daniel Garcia. Um, The Rizzler. Imagine if there was just like a version of the Riddler that was just literally the Rizzler and all he did was just, he didn't, he wasn't even like, he wasn't, he literally wasn't even just that smart. He was, the only thing he was smart at was getting women, like, or men. Fuck it. He's bisexual. That's what it is. He literally fucks everything that walks. Literally. The Rizzler. Yes. Hashtag Um, Rizzler. Hashtag the Rizzla. What would Batman, would, would it be Gatman at that point? It's not oh, shit. <laughs> oh, all right. That's a fun start to the show. But yeah, so, I mean, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, Charlie. There's so much fucking news. I mean, uh, I'll put it to you all like this. In a, in a week where The Rock came back and stole the main event from fucking Cody, Cody Rhodes, we have way too much to talk about to talk about that. That's where we're at. That's insane. Think an, about that for a minute. An ungodly amount of news. It, it literally no. just breaking as we're starting. Like, it's insane. Wait, did something just happen? Or, like, or was it just while we were sitting here, something happened? Yeah, That's, yeah, it, the, the streaming. Okay. okay. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, so I'll just jump right into that. I'm, I'm going to jump into it, like, it's a topic, but I'll, I'll – that, so that's some stuff we're going to talk about today. We have some – we have literally got a new joint streaming service with Disney, Warner Bros., and Fox. That's going to combine, so that's going to be pretty insane. There's probably some implications for AEW there, at least we hope, right? Um, CMLL has now officially arrived in AEW, so this partnership does seem to be like a going to be an active partnership, or even more active than what it seemed like they were. Not that AAA really had a partnership, but like it felt like they did, you know. Like, it, but it feels like it's going to be more active. Like we're actually going to get some of this talent regularly featured. So that's interesting. There's some really interesting stuff going on with the Stardom founder. We got some updates on injuries. We do have our rankings back, which we've been talking about for a while now. I think a while ago we said they needed to come back because there was just so much happening that just like the rankings could have helped with, or at least they could have like solved some problems. Certainly, I think we all we both agree that the decision to get rid of the rankings was just boneheaded. Like it didn't make any sense. Like I mean, I understand why they did it, but like it should not have been like to that point where they had to make that decision. You know, like yeah, they, they um, killed them themselves, literally. Yeah, and and. If they're not careful, they can easily do it again. So uh, we got uh, a new Japan show coming up that we're very interested in that features a really crazy cage match. Um, next week's also looking pretty nuts for AEW as well. Obviously, we have our normal orders of business to take care of at the top of the show. Make make sure you guys, whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, you follow and or subscribe, you know, and uh, make sure that you, uh, you know, just a five-star frog slash review. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. You follow Charlie at O'Charlie with an X instead of an A. Follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite. And make sure that if you guys want to check out what I'm doing throughout the week, uh, I now actually have a kick, but I haven't streamed on there yet, so don't worry about that. But if you want to go follow me on kick, I guess go ahead. But twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derps is where I am uh, hanging out most of the time throughout the week. Um, and uh, I've been playing some Monster Hunter recently, so if you're interested in that game at all, I guess there's that. But um yeah and so that being said um we have favorites and stuff this week as well um i don't think i missed anything i think it's pretty much everything at the top of the show here charlie so charlie you're you're up first buddy take us uh take us through what you were really digging this cucumber beautiful stuff um yeah guys this week was fucking nuts in terms of in ring um but god i am going my favorite Match of the week, Brian Danielson defeating Hechicero. Um, 
like a lot of people, this is my first experience ever with Hechicero. And I was blown away. This style that he brought to the, just to AEW and, and in general was actually so fucking cool. First off, you get introduced to him from this entrance where he's lighting rocks on fire. Okay. That was awesome. <laughs> um, I, I, his, the way he just, his transitions, his submissions, that he was dubbed by, I want to say, Kevin Kelly, might have been Nigel, as like, this guy is one of the great technical wrestlers in Mexico. And I, 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 think, I don't remember the exact words. I think Nigel basically said, this is the greatest ring technician to ever come out of Mexico. Essentially, it's something to that effect. Like basically, he basically said, this is the, the Brian Danielson of Mexico, basically, is what he and said. Then, you so know? you're like, okay, they're setting the tone. And... I was I was awestruck, man. Like, I've never seen a debut. Like, obviously, this isn't his debut. But on an American audience, on American television, this is his debut. And a lot of people, they just, they you know, CMLL's in a pocket of wrestling that they don't really explore too much. They might see him on the joint shows of New Japan. But even then, you're like, you know... Let me tell you though, it's brother. I was between. looking at some messages and some threads. I don't mean to completely like steamroll your segment here, but dude, the CMLL fans—they are fucking dedicated. They know every little thing, and they know That's every awesome. little like meaning about why something is important or why this is a big deal. And I didn't realize that. And these guys that they brought over are actually some legit guys. They're not just some random yeah. guys they brought over. They're like legit talent. That's like top talent over there. Like, and and I gotta tell you, they just. You know he was doing great when three minutes in, the crowd is chanting his name. And Bro didn't even know what to do. He was like, what? And watching Brian Danielson get in the ring and have a technical wrestling match with someone where he doesn't look like he's just so much better than him. Like, it looks like they're on par and they're trying to outdo each other. It was just beautiful. I love Zack Sabre Jr. He's great. Brian yes. Danielson looked like the better wrestler. I'll just keep it a buck. He looked he looked like he wasn't behind, but he definitely you could tell that there were things that Brian could teach. It's just fucking. where these guys are at is is yes. so far above everyone on the like I mean, maybe, maybe there's more Hechiceros out there that I don't know. Right. Imagine this is a triple threat, bro. Is it yes. Sager, fucking Danielson and, and like, Hechicero, and, and bro? God, we gotta give kudos to this crowd because that fucking collision crowd was unbelievable from the beginning to the end. And all of our favorites would have been on Collision this week. That's a fucking quick spoiler for you. But, no, I just – I thought this was a phenomenal performance. And if you did not watch Collision this week, because I know a lot of people I, – I can't blame you. It's on fucking Saturday, right? So I know a lot of people do end up just missing Collision or they check it, you know, uh, as time goes on. I would highly, highly recommend you check this out because as someone – and Duke and I will tell you, we, we love professional wrestling and just – Getting to experience this Hechicero for the first time was truly remarkable. So um, let me just get s- some of the some of the notes of the match that I really liked, and then I'm going to hand this over to you and get your thoughts. Um, he hit this. It was it was a fucking um, – I'm blanking on it now, of course, as soon as I go to say it. Um, it was just – Is it the, the guillotine leg drop? I believe it was. It was the okay. guillotine leg. See, I, you need to fucking have me. Um holy I'm shit nerd. Could you believe I'm a nerd. how crisp that was dude like what i was like i've never well, i honestly thought guilty. i was with uh was it shivani or whoever no it wasn't shivani somebody was like i thought it was gonna be a t harris but it literally was a fucking like, it was guilty. And like, what the f- 
Yeah. Um, now Danielson and letting go with his kicks. Cause that's kind of where he always turns these technical matches into something else. But there was multiple times these guys tied each other into a pretzel. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is so good. Um, uh, Hechicero dodging the psycho knees and just how he reversed it multiple times. I thought was really, really crisp. And of course this match, it had to end the the only, when these tactical matches end, I love when it just ends with one of them was able to counter the other and do some type of pin and they just got it off by three, you know, yep. Yep. Means like we it, it just, back. it rolls perfect. And, um, in the back of the pay-per-view, baby. No, yeah, I, there's just so much that happened in this match, but yeah, I would highly, highly recommend it. But Duke, what did you, what, you think uh, of this one? Yeah, before I get into what I thought, I'm curious your thoughts on something. So do we think that, because now the BCC are obviously being thrown into this invasion feud, right? Yes. And Brian feels like he's also being set up to face Eddie. Do we think they can get away with both or that we'll get the Eddie match maybe on TV or something? like? I think there's more than enough time to that we can we can circle to the Eddie match at the pay-per-view. Okay, so you think I, this this will be like a TV thing that's not like super long, but I like do. it might okay. it might just end. I don't think it has legs, dude. Honestly, if they wanted to do something with it, like yeah, no, I think you could drop this off and maybe come back to a Forbidden Door too. So okay, that's possible. You know, yeah, bring I mean, CMLL I, to Canada. Right, I've been saying so, we need some more luchadors. Did we even get any? I think yeah, either the Forbidden Doors or, or Wrestle Dream. I don't think so. If we did, it was people that are already in AEW. So like, I, I definitely would be like, we need to get a Commander match on there. We need to get a. I wonder if there's a realistic possibility of Commander facing any of these guys. I'm probably not because of the difference. But, I mean, like, he is under AEW contract. So, if, I mean, like, I don't see what AAA would be able to do about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because they'd be like, well, no, if he doesn't show up, it doesn't matter what you guys say about whether he can or can't wrestle here because he's wrestling a CMLL guy. I just don't think there's a date on his contract. CMLL talent wrestle contracted AAA talent. They can be on the same card. Well, then Tony Khan needs to buy out Commander's contract or something, like so that he can have the only one or something. I don't as know. far as I know, he's all elite. I, th- I think he was the last. Yeah, I think but Bandito was the last one that had to get resolved, and obviously Vikingo is is still under. Vikingo is locked in. I don't think yeah. we're getting him again, unfortunately. Do you think he? I mean, he might do some one shots or something, but I doubt it'll be on shows where the CMLL guys are on. So it could be a little while. I don't know. I'll, I'll talk about the match, though. It was like a technical dream match, like you were saying. Um, I was thinking about this while watching this match, too, Charlie. The run of matches that Brian Danielson has had in AEW. And he's had some fine matches that are just like, they're Brian Danielson matches, and they're good, and they're against people that aren't like this kind of wrestler. But if you look at every like technically sort of sound wrestler that he's wrestled against since he's been back, I mean, his run has essentially just been wrestling the best wrestlers in the world. And all the other people that have the same claim to like being the most technically sound wrestlers in the world. It's the most insane thing ever. If there's ever like a 2021, or I guess it would be 2022 to 2024 playlist of Brian Danielson matches on AEW's like streaming service eventually, which I would hope there would be, like it's going to be like if you just watch those matches against all like there's these insane matches and it's it's one of the craziest runs of matches I think I've ever seen. It's a catalog. I mean, it's a genuine wrestling catalog. It's the best portion of his career ever and he's had an insane career already you know what i mean like so it's like it's it's like i don't even know um I just matches like this and last week with with adam copeland and minora suzuki it's it's like this vacuum that AEW can have sometimes i i it just it reminds me of why i'm so happy it exists you know it's it's shit like this 
I, I, I absolutely love this. And this makes yeah. me more interested in Mexican wrestling because I think I'm guilty of the assumption that a lot of the guys over there are just the Lucha Flippy guys. But there is every bit of everything we have in wrestling here, there. It's just we don't see it. You know what I mean? So that's how we get like Black Taurus and stuff like yeah. that. You know, the like strong styles, guys. I mean, it's it's there. So, so yeah, I mean. Really, really yeah. fun match, honestly, overall. And I think, I think, like you said, I think Nigel did a really good job. I think, I think Nigel has enough respect of the audience watching at home to, because even if you don't know Nigel, you know that he has the respect of those guys. So you have to be able to at least understand that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to technical wrestling, you know, and when, when he tells you this guy is going to fucking light up your screen as soon as he comes on, like, it, it, it's a pretty good bet, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I guess the story here, obviously, is um, Hechicero is a bit of a sore loser, starts to attack Brian after the bell. Claudio makes the save. I do wish they had, like, stretched the – does AEW rush people out too soon sometimes? Like, I feel like there was barely any time for a beatdown and Claudio was already out there. Like, I, I think sometimes I would totally agree. However, this time – I think the Blackpool the in in store they had eyes on him this time because of what yes, happened with Mox. Okay, no okay. one was that's there fair. for Mox. That's so, fair. That's yeah. that's hundred percent fair. Okay, that's my I, only I, guess. Again, no, no storyline makes random. sense. I just it, no, it literally could just be like they just threw him out there. Like, yeah, just get out there quickly because you know, like I totally buy that Claudio was waiting in Gorilla just know, in case it, something it, happened. He was he was there and he had the urgency on. He had his gear on. He's like, yeah, fucking some shit. It's the fan. I'm I'm gonna go out there and save Brian. You know, like okay, that makes sense. It does. I do think it is a little, a little cool though that we even had, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the Moxley match that we even had that moment because it has felt like every faction in AEW for a while has been kind of this like brick wall that you can't get through if you want to like start something with somebody. You know, Mox yeah. is on his own for once. That doesn't really happen all that often. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess, unless there was any more where you wanted to add, like. Uh, I guess we should go with the no, the next, yeah. Next I, match. I think uh, I, I'll tell you this: uh, your favorite. I knew as soon as I saw these two matches this week, I, I was like, "Yeah, these are going to be our favorites." I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. So like, it's a ahead. banger. Let it's him. a banger. It's a banger collision this week. What can you do? You know, um, it's unreal. Opened up with a fucking insane match and then went straight into it. And we'll talk about it. That they kind of tied them together in a little bit. You know. Um, a little bit, but because they stuck a Mox promo in between, but whatever, you know. Um, but that was fine. They, it was good. That was good. It just it felt like, oh, if we'd have just rolled straight into it, but whatever. Eddie Kingston took on Brian Keith in a Continental Crown Proving Ground match. Still don't like that name. Um, yeah, this was a really great uh, tone setter for the night, I think. I think that the whole collision ended up being like very, very like good quality wrestling and just really great storytelling overall. And um, this was when the crowd, I noticed how fucking loud the crowd was during this match, bro. Um, they were super excited. And I think that's not just because of Eddie. I think, Charlie, and I think this is part of the reason why, and we'll get into it, Brian Keith ended up being all elite after this match. Um, I think the crowd is starting to recognize how good Brian Keith is as well. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know if they necessarily know him, like they know the rest of the roster, but I think I think that that's what you attribute to the level. Because I, I, I don't think this match... I think if this match was just done and they hadn't had Brian Keith having the run of matches that he's been on, and I've been I put this in my notes somewhere, I'm not sure where. Well, sure, I'll bring it up when when we talk about it. But there was something I was thinking this week. Like, man, there's like seven, eight people, maybe more, in AEW right now that are all just on fucking insane runs of matches. It's been six, seven months since they had a match that was bad or a feud that wasn't good, something that wasn't entertaining. You know what I mean? 
it's kind of nuts. It's kind of like a renaissance in AEW right now. And I wish they were getting a little bit more credit for it because I, I, this is another example. Eddie Kingston, ever since he started his run to the two titles that he has now, has been a, basically on a roll and never had a mistake that he's, I can think that he's made in that time. And um, I, I think this match would be really fun to run back in Japan, Charlie. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you would do that because he just technically fought the champion of a, a Japanese champion or champion of a Japanese promotion. And so would he get that match? I don't know. I just think in Japan, just let it be like, because of how much, because Charlie, they were fucking, they were just absolutely chopping and hitting the shit out of each other in this match. And I'm kind of curious what that looks like in Japan. You know what I mean? Because in Japan, they just let you do whatever the hell you want. You can really kill each other, you know, like, um, and you can do that in AEW too, but I think, I think you can kind of tell, I don't know if you agree with this. Atmosphere. You can tell that people, they don't want it to just be like Japanese wrestling almost. I don't know if that makes sense. Like you could tell they want to make it like a unique, hard hitting American AEW style. You know what I mean? Like with like the indie high spot sort of nature, which is if someone asked you to describe the, the AEW wrestling style as compared to like the WWE wrestling style, I'd say it's a lot less safe, obviously. It's um, because they do a lot of crazier shit. You know what I mean? Um, but that's not really, it's like you, you, you know, sort of the indie sort of spot fest style mixed in with the hard hitting style of like Japan and the UK. You know what I mean? That's kind of like what AEW's wrestling style is, honestly. Um, and maybe a little bit more like of the technical side of things. Though WWE does have technical wrestlers, you know, you just don't refer to them that way. Usually. This is just a banger of a match. I, I really think they did a phenomenal job showing off Brian Keith here. This is the best I think he's looked since that four-way that he get, you know worked his way into in the match that he had previously in the night to get into it uh, on Ring of Honor. I, I think the trajectory for Brian Keith is is up. I don't think I – think, I think, honestly, Charlie, this guy could be like the upper mid-card really, really fast. You know, like I, I don't know if he'll necessarily be a world title contender. It's Time is going to tell for that, you know what I mean? It's so hard to know, right? But I – I don't know this. The guy's making a really strong case for early, like, like the early signing is there, you know, like to say the least. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like you said, uh, Brian Keith, all elite. I think that was very, it's, it's something we all have been wanting to see, I think for a little bit now. And it, the writing's been on the wall with, he's been showing up more and Do more. Do you think he knew? Cause he, if he didn't, if he did know, he fucking sold it like he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he had an idea. Now, has he put pen to paper? I'm sure he, something he was probably on one of those tiered deals and you know some people just never get the graphic it's honestly they just never get the graphic so he might not have known that the graphic was coming or you know that shivani was going to walk over to him and say it i'll give i i would believe that and then you know he just knew oh it's going to be a post-match thing where eddie's going to give you your kudos and you know this and that and yeah i could see them setting him up like that you know like, uh, yeah we're not going to tell uh, you sammy guevara's friend didn't know yeah, uh, I forgot uh, his name. Holy oh, shit! Oh yeah, wow. Oh, uh, Whoa, wow! I forgot guy, it. The guy from oh. like, was he from like Alabama or something like that? Yeah, like, he had the mask. Fuego, 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 Fuego del Sol. Yes, Fuego yeah. didn't know, so that was cool. Well, I guess that doesn't mean. Uh, yeah, I guess the graphic really doesn't mean anything if Fuego had it. He's fucking gone. You know what I mean? Like shit. Yeah, Fuego didn't know about the contract, so. But he didn't know how to wrestle, apparently, because he was gone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fucking injuries, man. Um, I do got fucked. I'll tell you what. There was a turning point in this match where I thought they were actually going to give Keith the nod here. I was like, oh, shit. Are we 
I, you know what I thought? And maybe they should have done this. They should have let him get the 10 minutes, bro. Fucking I, I run it back. Keith, I would have had Keith win this. You know what I mean? Because he has really, a, I would have had him win this proven ground match, had him get the graphic, and then have Eddie beat him in like three weeks on collision, where then you can just do your thing with Danielson. I I, I would have been totally fine with that. Um, no, this this match was fucking kick ass, dude. They were beating the crap out of each other. Eddie Kingston and that all Japan style. It's just so enjoyable to me. It to me, I I absolutely love it. The chops, God, the chops, beautiful stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to see what happens next. And uh, I, I think the future's bright with Brian Keith and AEW. So far, our two signings of 2024, Brian Keith and Deanna Brazo. And that's, that, to me, is a great sign of things to come. Because after March, there's going to be a lot of changes in the wrestling world. A lot of people are going to be leaving AEW. There's going to be people coming in. There's going to be people leaving WWE. There's going to be people going in. It's going to be a wild few months. And I think to secure people like a Deanna Perrazzo, and now like a Brian Keith. To me, it's a good sign. Um, uh, That trio can come to life now. The Dead or Alive trio of Bandito, Brian Keith, and Hangman Page. I think if Hangman Page, if this, if, you know, post-championship, depending on what they're doing with him, if he's taking a break from the title scene, you know, maybe he could do a trio. And God, you, do you want to talk about being elevated? If Keith and, ba- and Bandito are working with fucking Hangman Weekly, dude, I mean, that's putting yourself with the top babyface in the company, so can't really beat that. Um, God, we've covered, like, all of Collision. Okay, uh, let's jump to some news now where we got a lot of meat today. Um, that being said, let's start off with some of the lighter stuff, some of the good news here. Roosh, who has not been seen since World's End, he says he's ready to return from injury. <laughs> El Toro Blanco is ready to return, he wrote on X. So, I mean, you're never going to catch us upset with hearing that from Roosh, because we love that guy. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm sorry, my brain, I, I was being talked to. My, my, my dad literally came in my room. What was it that Roosh said? Uh, Roosh is ready to return from injury. So, oh well, yeah, I saw this. So there was a Twitter post, like I want to say a week or two ago, where he was like, "I'm on the road to coming back," and I was like, "Wait, but so was now, he hurt during the classic? Then is that what it was? Like, yeah, we haven't seen him since World's End. So yeah, he is now he is now on his way back. And hey, you're not gonna catch us upset about more Roosh. So yeah, I mean he he was fucking phenomenal. I mean I don't think he hit Roosh levels of Roosh in the classic. I think you would agree. I think I think he was pretty pretty good, but I don't think he was like. I think if next year, if he's in the tournament, he'll have a way better run. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, I, I I don't think he had a bad match that I can remember. You know what I mean? Like, he was pretty good in the tournament. So, yeah, we could have him back. Do you think they'll do something with LFI finally? Because, God, they set that faction up, like, forever ago with fucking... They need to, man. Uh, especially I mean, with Vance getting the getting the rub that he's gotten recently. So Yeah, people are into Vance. Like, they want... People want to cheer and want to, like, boo or whatever. Like, they want they want, they, they want to get behind Preston Vance because they, they know the connection he has with, with you know, with, with Brody and the Dark Order and all that. And so I, I think people really do want to get behind Preston, you know? Uh, yeah. So our first big news story of the week, um, it comes out of uh, Stardom Wrestling, where Stardom founder Rossi Ogawa is no longer employed as the parent company Bushiroad announced Sunday night they have terminated his contract. 
there's been an unbelievable amount of rumors following this and 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 accusations and this and that. Um, we've even seen Tony Khan have some tweets, which a lot of people have been wondering, why is AEW not featuring the stardom talent? I think that gave us our answer. Now, it was it strictly Rossi? I don't know. But I'm I'm sure if it was, that's probably why Tony Khan was like, all right, well, moving on to the next. Let's let's get this cooking. Um, but what we know now, so we are recording and posting this on Tuesday. What we know now is he was fired as the company uh, Bushiroad claimed that he was poaching stardom talent and staff. Now, he confirmed today to Tokyo Sports that he is starting a new promotion in Japan. It's a new women's wrestling promotion. Julia is delaying going to WWE to help Rossi Ogawa start this promotion. There's been a lot of people that have, they'll tell you back and forth about how lo- loyalty matters in Japan. And that that's a big thing, and I've I've been learning more and more about it as I read through all this. And it sounds like Julia is very loyal to Rossi. So she is going to help him start this. This is not good for stardom. This is really bad. Uh the there are two new bookers for stardom. Uh one of them has the name Okada, funny enough. And there's someone else that will start booking stardom who is strictly on the video game side of Bushi Road. They've already confirmed many of Stardom Talent will be leaving in March. So, I don't know what this if Stardom is just going to fucking crumble. Uh, uh, Mayu Iwatani is locked down to a long-term contract because they're making a movie about her. So. There was also rumors of, you know, Ogawa being the reason Kyrie went back to WWE and why Julia had no interest in AEW and this and that. And there's a lot of smoke where is there a fire there? I, that it's all rumors. But what we're knowing is the facts. And Rossi Ogawa Duke is starting a new promotion in Japan. It's a new women's wrestling promotion. Any idea what the hell all of this could mean? Is is stardom just going to become like? I think stardom's irrelevant? toast. I, I think, I, yeah, I think so. I think, uh... like, but can you even become irrelevant when you have Mayu Iwatani at the helm? Is she going to be able to carry an entire promotion on her back? Are these new bookers going to be? Are we sure great? she's not going to be one of the ones that goes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she, she can't. Not yet. Oh, is her contract not up? Nope. Okay. No, she she's the girl whose contract she has a very. If everybody's on his side to that point, does it even matter if you have her still? Because what if she just decides to fucking not care and just phone it in because she knows she's going to his new promotion anyway? Like, no, she'll care. Would, I, I, no. I I I do not believe for a second she wouldn't care. I mean this this is the top dog in women's wrestling we're talking about. So, I mean this is the number one. Like I I, mean, I, I agree. Don't see it. Yeah, Can I, I, I just say this does not surprise me one bit? This is the same carny bullshit that's always existed in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, just it's yeah. it's the version of it in Japan, you know? Like, I would not be shocked if we found Think out... how many new promotions we hear, like, each... Like, Gleet just started up, like, a couple years ago. Like, this... 
how how many Joshi women's promotions are there right now? I mean, hey, this is great if you're a Joshi women's wrestler, though. I mean, yeah, you have more opportunities. You have so many opportunities now because I don't think Stardom's just going to fold. And they clearly, this dude was loyalty. So you know, like if you were loyal to him, you could theoretically have a pretty good career. So like, I, I, it is really weird when you look at it from like just an outside perspective without really like understanding it. Obviously, like I, I am a little worried. Like I mean, I saw like the 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 dude was was like wanting a job at WWE or something like. Some people thought that that was one of the rumors. Some people thought he was gonna he was gonna be the reason they had NXT Japan was one of the rumors. Like again, I want to know what today happened. it's a new promotion. So I want to know what happened when Triple H was trying to do all that. Like I want because it felt like they had the money NXT and they had the Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, NXT UK did happen. And it did kill the UK wrestling scene for a little while, you know. Um, well, even just this week, I saw the the owner and the the main guy of All Japan. Like, I'm not fucking backing down. I'm not selling this company. Like, he, he's planting his feet in the ground. We got New Japan planting their feet. Noah, all these promotions have have you know they, they've linked fucking hands. So I, I don't know. They're, at the end of the day, Stardom has the Bushi Road funding. So hey, but again, there's a. Re- It'll be interesting to see if talent are still interested in going to stardom. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it feels like it feels like based on the way they're framing things, this dude was a lot of the reason why anyone was going to stardom. You know what I mean? Like, so like, is he going to take 30% of the roster or 80%? Like what's about to happen? Who knows? I mean, so... in stardom, I mean, I don't know that it's ever existed without the guy. So, I mean, he, has he, not. Founder. he is the founder. I'm saying like, as it is, like, I don't know if they've ever had a period where like, where it was like he was running things, but things weren't going super well for them. I don't know if that ever existed. Like, you know, like, so it's like, what does stardom look like without him? It might not look like anything. You know what I mean? Like, um, who knows? That's the thing. These new bookers, they, even though they haven't booked before, they could come in and just be fucking naturals. Well, you never know. I mean, like, remember Billy, Billy Corgan took over Impact and, like, we didn't love what he was doing, right? But we thought he was doing better than the people that were running it before him, you know? Like, yeah. Can you be that? Can you be actually good? Can you, I don't know. It depends. Like, and I'm a little, I mean, we don't really, you know, cover Stardom because of the lack of connection to AEW. I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, that's the thing I hope changes. I hope that Stardom still has some really good talent. And it somehow this now results in because I don't really care about starting talent going to AEW. I'll be honest with you because it's the same thing as like when we don't get Sheeta hardly at all or Riho hardly at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's we just will get them a couple of matches they, a the year. Full time you know? commit to AEW. So to me, yeah. why they couldn't have just done that? And then if he wanted to do something with them, why why they couldn't just like. Maybe, and maybe because of all the talk around this, this will make Rossi fucking consider working with AEW in his new promotion. Will Tony Khan be interested in that, given the way he's acted as a business person? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It's a really, really interesting question. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean... There's a lot that is still in the air, and I- I'm just very curious how it's all going to work out for AEW. Like, it, it, where does AEW factor into this? It, 
if if Sardom is gonna fall, basically lose all their talent, I hope I hope uh, you know AW can get some. Like, I, I'm hoping for Bidden Door, no matter what feature Stardom this time. It's time. Let's get Iwatani on the fucking show at the bare minimum, you know. So, yeah. Um, kind of jumping right off of that, something I wanted to add was uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's new beginning in Sapporo. Immediately following this, immediately, they announced that Mayu Iwatani will defend her title against Mina Shirakawa, which is pretty awesome. Mina Shirakawa is very, very good. That's happening February 23rd. Is there so, a real possibility that Japanese wrestling just ceases in a couple of years? Is that like a realistic thing? Like, no, it's it's still so popular over there. I I, I mean, what I do all think of there's wrestling a is just gone. What what if all of wrestling is just gone, bro? What if WWE folds because they had to pay out like some stupid fucking lawsuit or something like that, and fucking on behalf of Vince or something because he did something with WWE? Like, what if Vince fucked WWE intentionally? Like, didn't got them involved? It all becomes deeply. Sonny. <laughs> and then and then AEW is literally the last one standing and doesn't have the legs to stand on to keep wrestling afloat. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, let's be real. If, let's be honest, Charlie. If if all of wrestling just disappeared tomorrow except AEW, could AEW hold the mantle of wrestling alive? Don't know. Nah, fuck yeah, they could. Uh, Danielson, baby. Yeah, Brian could. I Brian believe. could keep people interested. I don't know if that would keep like. Okada kept people interested in New Japan. You know what I mean? There were plenty of people that just watch Okada matches. You know what I mean? Because they know how good Okada is. You know, like yeah, it's it's definitely hey, well, it's, well, whatever. There's going to be some very tumultuous times ahead for some of these companies. That's to say the least. Um, so yeah, uh, the new beginning shows are all over this month. Um, in Sapporo and. That also includes the new beginning show next week that even we'll be covering. Um, so it's the five on five cage match war games rules essentially is what they've announced between Bullet Club War Dogs and United Empire. I mean, dude, are you fucking kidding me? They just recently have been going over the feuds uh, more and more. On their house shows, their road to new beginning shows. And um, Callum Newman has kind of been getting the call for United Empire to. uh, He's even getting some singles matches. And is is he going to be someone that can fill that spot that Will Ospreay leaves? Who knows? Callum Newman is insanely fast. And when is Will's last date in Japan? February 11th. Oh, so this, this is it? Okay. Yep. February 11th is Will's th- Okay, last I don't mean to keep derailing the show, but this is something that keeps pop- stuff keeps popping into my head that I think is interesting to talk about. Do you think Will? Sorry, do you think Will? I, I think I think uh, I don't know. I don't know if any idea is going to win this, but do you think this mentality? Because it feels like they send Okada out kind of like on top in his last performances. You know what I mean? Like, do you think yeah. that's like um? Do you think that was already in the works, or do you think that's like a the new management thing, like where they want to send so people that have been good to the company out? Okada's last match is it's that's the twenty. It's on right. the twenty fourth. It's a one on one. 
there's a lot of people hoping the vibe has been very appreciative of what Okada's done. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, and, yes. and, they and not well. him, they're not kicking him out the door, yes. to say the least. Yeah, 100%. It's not like, oh, now Tanahashi's in charge, and so he can get the guy that's been more over than him for a while. Not that he's more over. You know what I mean? Like, that's got I think the, something they the need company, to do with Will like, is establish the next leader of United Empire. And I, my gut tells me it's going to be TJP. Um, but let's, I'm going to hit this card real quick. So the actual show, so we will be doing a live post show. This it's is Sunday morning for us, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, wherever you live of the new beginning in Osaka for new Japan. Okay. We open up yo and Toriyana versus Bolton Oleg and Ryusuke Taguchi. Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus Callum Newman and Great Okan. More like Bolton third leg. Bolton third leg. I, I, I'm really Callum Newman, guys. Keep an eye on the stock watch there. There's a four on four match. Could Bolton match. Oleg be what Lars Sullivan couldn't? Is it possible? <laughs> he's he's already so much better, even as a young line. Bro, let's again. I know I'm doing it again, Charlie, but. How the fuck did they fucking let Lars Sullivan just walk away, man? Like, there should have been... I, I'm sure there were people beating down his door and stuff, but, like, man. If... What happened there? I, they need to do a fucking documentary about that or something. That, that guy had a lot of lot of out-of-the-ring problems, I believe, so... Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, that's kind of yeah. sad. So... Know. Hopefully the dude's okay, at least. Like, yeah. Hopefully they paid out his contract and stuff. They probably didn't, though, like... God, he the five star match, uh, like the ladder match, dude. It's like, where did this guy fucking come from? All right, uh, Tiger Mask, Tomowaki Hanma, El Desperado, and Shota Umino versus Evil Show, Renarita, Neutral, Takahashi. House in House of Torture shenanigans will be a foot. We got a five on five. Wait, was match. that a, was that a two on fucking four or whatever it was? Four on four. Oh, okay. I missed the other two people, I guess. We got a five on five match where, um, <laughs> Just five cucks, uh, Sonata, Taichi, Yue Yomura, Doki, and Takamichinoku take hey. on Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Yoda Suji, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. Classic New Japan multi-man match. Don't yep. got a match, so throw them on the show. And then we get into the meat of Okada versus Tanahashi one last time. Fifth match on the night, by the way. Sixth match on the night, the IWGP Tag Team Championship match where El Fantasmo and Haiku Leo take on Kenta and Chase Owens. Sixth, uh, seventh match of the night, a special singles match, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. And then the eighth uh, match, the no time limit steel cage war games match, Francesco Akira, TJP, Hanare, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, taking on Drilla Maloney, Clark Connors, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, and David Fidley. Holy shit, that match is going to be awesome. All right, under over bro- uh, 100 brubs in the match. Over. 276. I've already seen the future. All right, fair enough. Little fun bit of news here before we jump into the rankings. Satoshi Kojima is the new MLW World Heavyweight Champion. He won the title 20 years ago, and he won it again. CM Punk revives Kojima's career, question mark? Hey, man, it might have been America. This guy is the definition of a freelancer. You got to give the fucking dubs are high. Um, But really cool for Satoshi Kojima. Um. I believe he beat Alexander Kane, so or Alex Kane, who Alex Kane's got a really good look. So 
Do we have to start looking into MLW? Because a lot of stuff that happens sort of adjacently around AEW does seem to happen in MLW. And they do seem to look at MLW talent. They don't usually sign many, but there has always been talk about Alex Hammerstone and a few others, you know, like. I can totally watch an MLW pay-per-view. It's the weekly show, man. I've I've given it plenty of chances. I I used to watch it when they, like, hey, I used to actually watch it. But, yeah, the weekly shows are pretty rough still. But, no, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Okay, Duke. It's time. The AEW rankings. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If this didn't gonna... cause a shitstorm or anything this week, you know? I don't, I don't know if we're going to deep dive into this every week. I don't know what the hell the plan's going to be. I don't know if we're just going to mention it. Or we might just If we deep it. dive into it every week, I will actually lose my mind, I think. We will lose our mind. That's what makes it even better. Okay, guys. So, August 31st was the last time we had rankings. Um, solid, uh, what? 18 what months were later? they out of curiosity? I'm actually really curious. Do you have them? I if, don't if have you do? them. Uh, I don't. Have them. You son of a bitch. But we open up with, we have four different tiers. We have the men's champions, the women's champions, tag team champions, and trios champions. I'm glad they didn't try and group up or, or uh, make separate lists again for the TNT and TBS title. Especially now that we have the international and the crown. We don't need all that. So four four lists. That, on itself, I like that. The contenders for the men's championship. Swerve Strickland, number one contender. Hangman Adam Page. Adam Copeland. John Moxley. Roderick Strong. Again, I, I Swerve and Hangman are going for your big title. Makes sense. Copeland's TNT. John Moxley's John Moxley. He, he always wins. And Roderick Strong's going for Orange Cassidy. That's fine. The first one, I was a little like, no Danielson. Okay. Maybe it's because he hasn't had a shitload of matches this year that weren't in Japan. But again, worth noting. Women's champion. Um, we have five contenders. Deanna Perrazzo, Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, and Mariah May. I don't have any gripes about that. I, I think it... Mariah May does seem a little bit of a jump because she's only had the one match in AEW period. Like, Well, no, they're counting the Lady Frost one. 2-0. She's oh, 2-0. Okay. okay. So... Yeah, I mean, again, is that that that's how much it's those tough. These mean, are though. so early in the year; like, it's gonna look bad no matter what you do because it's everybody's like, and but so it I does seem like they titles look okay. Do you think they brought back uh, the uh, resetting of the year thing? Because I know some people really don't like that. Um, yes, the records did reset. So yeah, they still do that every year. Yeah, so I don't know why people don't like that. I think it. I mean, it's because an I think overall record. Yeah, but that's okay, that's that's what I think gets confusing for people, Charlie. Is I think people think in their heads that it should go over. I, mean, I literally heard Meltzer rant about this for like fucking ten, fifteen minutes the other day, like about how it should be your overall record and not your fucking. But the problem with that is any new person that comes in will have to wait years to become a contender. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's not like. Unless, unless you're just trying to fucking sandbag your... Imagine Will Ospreay comes in this year and he can't get a world title shot for the entire year because he doesn't have a good enough record. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. No, we uh, don't need that. that. You know um, what I'm saying? Like, it's And Will Ospreay should at least get a title shot if not win the thing this year. You know what I mean? Like, so, like... And this... Yeah, so let's jump into these tag teams. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know? um, contenders. Number one, Sting and Darby Allen. 100%. Number two, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Hold that thought for a second. 
Brian Danielson and Claudio Casignoli. So Brian's a tag team now. Private Party at four. Got it. Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. Huh? 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 Trios champions. We're going to do all of the tag teams, and then we'll, we'll group back. Number one, Bill, uh, Bullet Club Gold. 100%. They just won fucking titles. The Hardys and Mark Briscoe. Huh? huh? Dark Order. FTR and Danny Garcia. Yep. And House Wait, of the Black. Dark Order ranked in two different functions. Correct. So... You guys might be wondering, how the fuck are John Silver and Alex Reynolds ranked two? Well, untelevised matches. Dark matches count. And I, as soon as I heard Let's that. Let's just say that right now. It, that's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. It should not. As soon it as I heard count. that, I was like, okay, I could see why Tony Khan would do that. He likes to say that every match matters. On second thought, every single match has been against Cole Cabana and Brandon Cutler. It's the same thing it was before with Dark, dude. It's He's feeding people matches to put them in places that he wants them but to be. But at least so that... on Dark, we got to see it. Yes, I agreed. And so... I think this just shows how poorly booked the tag team division's been in 2024. Dude, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. The, the tag team division was booked horribly in 2023 as well. I'll keep it a buck. Uh, uh, FTR had a great run with uh, the no, I don't think it was the entire year. FDR had a great run with the titles, but they almost hardly ever featured them as a main part. Once Collision really got going and FTR weren't the main, like, because it felt like FTR and Bullet Club Gold for like the first half of the Collision run last year, right? Were like the main stars of that show because CM Punk wouldn't allow anyone else to be on the show, right? So, um, like, then, and I understand why they did the, why the pendulum swung the other way. Once other people were allowed in, they had to start letting everybody on the show, right? So a lot of people had to get shit in at the end, right? But it felt like it felt like there were things that happened, and it also felt like we both agree that it felt like the the good run that FTR was on was just kind of cut off, you know, like for no reason at all, and it didn't end up resulting in anything that ultimately means anything. Like, tell me right now, Charlie, that even though it is the young bucks that we're going to be getting, that FTR holding these titles and leading Sting and Darby into this fucking story would not be better than what we're currently getting, like. Oh, and they just held the title so all the way through. I, I like, respect them for trying to give the rub on to Starks and Bill, but they still, to this day, do not feel like a tag team to me. And they're the champions, and they've been the champions. We desperately, desperately need the Young Bucks to fucking really turn this belt around. And it's it's not like here's the thing: it's still the top tag team belt in wrestling, in my opinion. I I still think it is, and and it's the tag team belt that means the most to me personally. And it's just like, I can't believe, it feels like it's just one bad rain, but when you think about it, 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 all it takes is one bad rain and a few couple months of weak booking and you're, you're left with John Silver and Alex Reynolds, Brian Danielson and Claudia. Can you, how often do Brian and Claudia wrestle as a tag? It's crazy, dude. The three tag teams. Are they teams, seriously a top three tag team right now? I mean, they're a good tag team. I don't know how often they've wrestled together. It's funny, too. You put it like, if you it, if you can really put it into perspective like this, since we've been watching, we've had several tag team champions, obviously. Um, the only ones that I think have really worked for us have been FTR twice and Swerve in Our Glory. Yeah. 
the, the acclaimed. The acclaimed as well. Uh, yeah, okay, that's but, fair. But, but, it did Lucha feel like the Brothers, tag team titles got demoted to like Lucha Brothers had a disappointing reign. Jurassic Express was disappointing, and now Starks and Bill. And we don't even count the guns because they didn't care about them as champions. So it's like they were like champions for like two weeks or something, right? Like, since we've been doing this, and the Young Bucks had a two week title reign. It's like. Yeah, hopefully the Young Bucks can get these belts and we can seriously get the shit back on track. Um, and in the trios, dude, I mean, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe at number two, Dark Order at three. I think this is going to look differently come uh, whenever the hell they do the next ones. I think FTR and Daniel Garcia will be ranked two. And I'm guessing we get a match with those three and Bullet Club Gold, maybe. So I, I think that could be fun. And uh, yeah, House of Black at five. Again, it's just the Hardys and Mark Briscoe that really sticks out because they've only had the one match together, right? I think, like I said, it's tough because, like, it's so early in the year that, like, you don't have matches for a lot of these people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so maybe Tony has to lean on those dark matches a little bit more. I really hope that he doesn't make a habit out of that, though, because it's kind of what he did before, and it's how no, you end we, up. We absolutely cannot make a habit out of that. Because it's, it's kind of what ruined the rankings before, to be completely honest, was that they would just feed people yeah. matches for a few weeks and then be like, oh, they're the number one contender now when there's a person on weekly television being seen by everybody wrestling every week and getting matches and wins. And I, I also got to point out, I mean, where's, when's Wardlow going to start factoring on this? Because Well, he hasn't I, wrestled. He's I, wrestled like a few matches, but like not. But he's, he's getting all these squash matches. He's supposed to be allegedly one of the contenders for Joe as well. So like, I think it's gonna, I, I think Swerve's winning the title and I think Wardlow's his first contender. That's still me just throwing it way out there. I, how do we get to there that I'm looking at these rankings? I got no fucking idea unless Wardlow <laughs> pops up at five next week, but who's getting bumped? Could, Moxley? Did, did Wardlow have a match this week? I don't think so. Did he? No, not this week. You know, he beat, but his recent one was against Trent. I do remember that, yeah. He might have had squash this week, actually. I mean, shit, they're all he flowing did, together. Yeah, if he did, I don't remember it. Um, he did. He beat Commander this week. That's what I thought. I thought, I thought so, he had a match this week, but I could not fucking remember. Was yeah, it on Rampage I, maybe I or something? How, so how is Roddy? Uh, whatever. Whatever. No, no, no. I'll tell you exactly how Roddy. It's exactly what you said. It's exactly what I suggested last week. The way they're going to pick contenders for the top titles now is that the top five. I'm going to guess the way this is going to work is the top three are the top three contenders for the world title, and the bottom two of the top five are going to be like people that, if they wanted to, could take a shot at either of those other titles. Technically, and I think it'll technically work like this. If you're the number one contender, number two contender, number three contender, number four, or number five, you can kind of pick which champion you want to go after. But you probably are going to be more likely to get the world title shot if you're higher in the rankings, right? Yeah. So if you are, say, ranked five, but you want to win gold now, you just say, ah, I want Orange Cassidy. But it also does feel like it still works in a way where you can walk up to a champion and be like, I want a match. So I really don't know. There needs to be some more definition, I think. Like, if they're going to do these rankings, Charlie, and they're going to work as part of the stories, because that's what they are. Let's be real. They're just that they're, they're a... They're an element of realism that is meant to enhance the storytelling, right? So um, they need to be work. They need to not just be an excuse to give somebody a match that you want to have. They need to be like, there needs to be like, I need to watch somebody get three wins in a row in a week or in a week on, on, well, in a week would be good too. But like, I need to see somebody win three times in a row, like three weeks back to back. And then all of a sudden now they're ranked way better. I want to see this thing where somebody wins two weeks in a row, but they shoot up and down the rankings because somebody else also won. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, how is that going to work? How do you, how do you weigh somebody else's win versus somebody's news win? You got to be out of the rankings. Correct. But, but 
and do the rankings then maybe need to be expanded a little bit beyond five then because otherwise how are we gonna like know okay that's who's why, six seven eight who's not like who's strong at five it's not gonna work in the long run like there's there's no yeah. way wardlow shouldn't be five there's no, no i agreed way. agreed especially if he's going after the world title right now like i and it and, and if it's not just world title rankings then again they need to establish okay these top five are just the top five ranked period it doesn't really matter what division ish you're going for you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. It is a little yeah, confusing. So, I mean, like if, if Swerve beats Hangman next week, Hangman should completely drop out of the list or vice versa, right? So no, Hangman will be five. It'll be fine. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on this. Again, I don't I don't think we're going to deep dive each week, but it's just the first week back. So I felt like it deserved some time from us because, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a swing and a complete miss, but there's some things on here I'm just rubbing my head about. So. Last big news thing we got for this week before we jump into some Ring of Honor here. This is just breaking, like right before we started. And um, Disney, Fox Sports, and Warner Bros. Discovery team on sports streaming venture. They're teaming up for a sports streaming venture that will launch this fall. We don't know the price. But um, some details are still coming into focus about the service. But uh, pretty much all three of the top owners of the sports rights, will uh, they're going to be pulling their resources together. And, um, yeah, made available directly to consumers via a new app. The new service will also let subscribers bundle the product with Disney Plus, Hulu, and or Max. So, what could this mean? Well, Warner Bros. being there is fucking huge for AEW. And, funny enough, you and I were just talking about this. We're like, why, why would these streaming services... It, it, why Why could they possibly want AEW? And this is the same reason why sports are valued so much in streaming services is because streaming services, in order for them to keep living each and every week, they need a reason for people to stay hooked every month, right? Why is Raw going to Netflix so big? The main thing we kept talking about was, well, this is going to be a reason for, you know, someone's going to subscribe to Netflix. They're going to keep that fucking going because they're sticking out for their Monday Night Raw. And that's more subscribers than Netflix had going into it. Why would AEW then be featured in Warner Bros? And it's one of the big reasons is TNT is huge for basketball. It's got hockey. In fuck in the UK, like TNT is like nearly everything. And from what it looks like on the outside, I might be completely wrong. But I mean, I see like soccer games on fucking TNT and I'm like, dude, what the hell? I look sick. AEW being featured on something like this, well, there, there's your answer. People will tune into AEW each and every week, and they will stay bundled into this because they love their AEW. And, um, yeah, I just I think this Warner Bros. and AEW partnership is really a blessing to AEW. And uh, if we could get something like this featured, we can get that service, and we can go watch Kenny Omega vs. Danielson at the first Grand Slam. I've been, I've been saving to watch that match for the second time. For when AEW is on a streaming service. But Duke, just right off the rip, I mean, this is huge for sports. This is actually massive. This is essentially what Hulu was was planning to do the whole time. Hulu Live Sports, the whole idea behind Hulu a few years back when they fucking launched the, the sports thing. And now it's going to be paired with TNT, with Max, with ESPN Plus, with you name it. So Fox, I mean, Fox Sports, Jesus. So, 
yeah, just what are what are some of your thoughts on this? Just uh, and then we'll we'll hit a we'll head to some Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely feels like it could. It, it, this feels like this is the fifth time when some kind of announcement like this has happened, where we've been like, man, this could be really good for AEW. I'm gonna be honest with you, we got a big announcement from Tony Khan next week, right? Yep. The timing is fucking insane on that, you know? Something I wanted to add, ESPN this week yeah. just added a tab for AEW. So now it's not just WWE anymore. It's AEW, then WWE. Like on their yeah. news thing? Like, you yes. mean like, so, oh, okay. So they're starting to take them seriously. There's a whole AEW section on ESPN. Again, if ESPN is, is starting to take them seriously, that's pretty crazy, you know? like Yeah, no, this is very, very cool. So... Like I, I hope it goes well. Tab, I, I have AEW check now, so hmm. yeah, really neat. Well, I mean, it could be really good, and I, I do. I mean, it's it definitely feels like it's something that just needed to happen the entire time we've been like reco- recovering, re- uh, reviewing AEW. It's something I've been calling for for the longest time. It's to me, it's the watershed moment when AEW becomes legit. You know what I mean? Like because. If streaming services are competing for you, or not even competing, if streaming services are even interested in you in the first place, or having you as content on there, that's, I mean, especially in the wrestling world, I mean, you don't see that happening. New Japan has to make its own, you know what I mean? Like, Which took thing. me until, uh, I was just scrolling through the app the other day, and I realized it's the same exact thing they use for Watch ROH. They, they built it off the same thing that Watch ROH is. That's why it felt so fucking clunky. What, what do you mean, the... It's the same exact like host that Watch ROH uses. What for New Japan or for? Yeah. Oh, it's the same exact host of it. So that's interesting, random. huh? That's interesting. Um, somehow, Ben. To be honest with you, though, and I think this is bodes well for Ring of Honor in the future. That I, Honor Club, I've, I mean, it is a little like it is a little weird sometimes where it doesn't always want to work. But I never really have any issues when I'm using it. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like. It just isn't like a spectacular video player, but I mean, it was way worse when they Honor first Club launched it. It's incredible on my Fire TV. Like I, 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 that to me makes Honor Club worth it in general. Like that, you know. I mean, yeah, the quality looks great. I mean, yeah. that's something that's even on my computer, which is what I usually watch it on. Um, it still looks really good. Like I usually, I, I'm always like, man, this looks like the same quality of uh, HD that you get on like AEW. You know what I mean, I mean, they're probably using the same cameras or similar ones anyway, but you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, I, I, like I was saying, it, it could bode well. Uh, I, I'm going to keep holding my breath. Like I have been for the last like year and a half <laughs> until we actually get an announcement of a streaming service. Cause, or being on a streaming service, because like I said, I do think it's a legitimization moment. I think, I think WWE competing with you is one thing. I think WWE poaching your talent is one thing. I think, um, Triple H setting up shows on dates that are you know meant to compete directly with AEW and bring their numbers down. I think all that stuff is great, but from a business perspective, I want AEW to be successful, and I know one of the ways that they're going to stay successful and be successful. And I do genuinely believe that being on a streaming service will get some new eyes on them because people will be like, "What the fuck is AEW?" They may not Dude, be interested. And just, and just having that library available too, it's going to be so yeah. big. And then people can start recommending people, hey, you should go back to Grand Slam 2020, was it 2021 or 2022? Yep, 2021. Um, Go back to Grand Slam 2021 and watch the fucking match that Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega had, you know what I mean? And just fucking enjoy. And then maybe you'll understand why we love AEW wrestling so much. I mean, Charlie, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I, I would have probably kept covering it with you for a long while 
if that match doesn't happen, I don't know if I believe in AEW in the way that I do to this day, you know? Because I was like, oh, we're, we're doing th- this is the kind of wrestling we're doing for weekly television? Okay. That's, yeah, that's still the first thing. I had to adjust my, my barometer a little bit, obviously, because that was never going to be, that's like still one of the greatest, that may be like the greatest TV AEW match of all time. Like, it might not even be a question, you know, like. The tag the, team match, the Bullet the Club Gold. The vibes around that match was just, oh. it was remarkable. I mean, the, yeah. the, 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 yeah, the, everybody losing their shit before they. collision even... every single week, and it's like, well, what the fuck? They think collision maybe, is that literally maybe every week. Maybe they are. <laughs> maybe, so, but, yeah, maybe, maybe they are keeping that level of quality. But yeah, no, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I really want it to be the case. I really want Tony Khan's big announcement not, the next week to not get him made fun of for making another big announcement that's not actually that big, you know, like. Um, I think I think the favorite is that it's going to announce something to do with with Boston and Mercedes, right? So, oh, well, that, I hope that, I, that would be, be cool. What people think is, uh, you know, I, I really every time he says he's going to announce something in my head, I'm like, if it's not the streaming service, unless it's like some fucking massive pay per view or match, I don't know if I care. You know, so like we've been told that they're going to they're going to make a big deal out of her debut, and it's not just going to pop up on a random date. If he comes out here and he's like, well, guys, and he gives a title of the show and it's like something to do with, you know, boss, CEO, with her money, whatever. And it's in Boston at the big arena. It's like, dude, I, they're they're really hoping that that show becomes, you know, a fucking hit, just like the CM Punk one did. And like the future Cody Rhodes one will. All right. Um, let's jump into Ring of Honor where... Uh, this is a weird week of Ring of Honor, man. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. But um, yeah, I'm not the main host of Ring of Honor, so that is Duke. So Duke, take nah, us. Take the main us host of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is, it's cold. Had, let's uh, be real. We had some 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 shit going down. Dalton Castle's the star of the show. Who are we kidding? 100. percent Well, wait. We don't have we don't got a theater right now, so yep. it's got to be somebody. Damn, was it really, was it shorter this week or something, or did I just not fucking take notes? It was a pretty short show, dude. Yeah, it kind of was. It was like okay. an hour and a half. It was, yeah, they've been getting close, they've been closer to two hours recently, so that might be why. Anyway, we open Ring of Khan, episode number 49, so we're only a couple weeks out from a year of Ring of Khan. If we don't get something special for that fucking day, I'm gonna have very strong words for Rickabani. Um... But uh, even though it's not his fault at all, um, but you know, it's good. I'm going to blame Rick Abani specifically. Um, so yeah, so we started backstage, like you mentioned, with uh, Lexi, who is with Dalton Castle, who's attempting to throw garbage on what I refer to as the TV family, uh, because it's Johnny TV, obviously. But uh, I was obviously Johnny TV and Ty Valkyrie, who uh, for some reason Jerry Lynn was there. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was just there to stop things. Like I guess maybe he's scouting Dalton Castle to make sure he's not doing anything crazy, you know. But uh, basically, um, this is to set up that next week Dalton Castle's friend is going to be having a match with uh, Johnny TV. And uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, Charlie. I don't think Dalton Castle's got a friend that he's going to bring. I think Dalton Castle is just going to wrestle him next week. That's my prediction. Please, please. I want this match. Yeah, I do as well. Um, it's been great though the build up. It's oh, been and if they do figure something, <laughs> if it's if it's either one of the boys or if it's literally just somebody he brings and that's his friend, like we're just saying, like I don't know, Rhett Titus one is his friend. Oh God, no. Um, 
please don't let them anywhere near Dalton. Fuck, unless they're just going to be some random boys, and that's all they ever are. Fucking Christ. No, they finally dealt with the they finally dealt with the outrunners as they should this week, Charlie. And thank fucking Christ for it. But um, we had Angelico and Serpentico taking on uh, uh, Cameron and Alan Russell, who uh, they had an interesting. They kind of had like an ROH look to them. I don't know. These guys might be worth looking at because they had. You, did you catch these guys? Their gear was cool looking. They had like kind of a Ring yeah. of Honor vibe to them almost. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and I liked, I liked how they were. I, I wrote down here the black mask. Like they made a big deal out of him wearing the black mask, Serpentico. Oh yeah. Oh, that was yeah. That was good actually. To and it's and so this. Remember when I said last week that like, oh, it's like I'm okay with baby boys or whatever you want to call them versus fucking Angel- Angelico and Serpentico, right? But we needed a little bit more story, and then we got the ta- the mask ripping. Now Serpentico's wearing a black mask, which. Even Riccoboni and Caprice are like, yeah, we know a lot. You know, we know stuff about Luchador. I mean, obviously, Caprice was like a high flyer. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, we know, you know, um, uh, we don't really know what this means. So, we'll have to get information about that. So, I really hope that that's them setting up that they're going to ask Serpentico. Or maybe that Serpentico already told them something, but they're setting it up so that, like, next week they can come back and be like, yeah, actually, this is what this is supposed to mean while Serpentico's having another match. And it maybe gives Serpentico a singles match wearing it and not even be, like, super aggressive or something, you know? Because it does kind of feel like it's the same vibe as when Penta went dark, you know? Um, excuse me. Okay. Um, but yeah, so good stuff. And they continued it. So they did make the appearance here, the baby boys. Um, and so it's, you know, they're, they're slowly building this up, you know? Um, I do think... I do... I'm uh, Okay, I don't want to say I do think. Uh, there is something interesting. I think that this will be... I think what's... It's kind of like... What is the example I'm looking for here? It's kind of like how um, the kingdom versus the infantry went, where at first it kind of felt like a little bit, oh, what are, we, are we doing the right thing here? Is this really going to help the infantry? It ended up being the best thing for their careers that had happened in Ring of Honor to that point, and maybe still, you know, like, um, excuse me. So I, if it doesn't, it needs to go that way and not go the way of some of the other things that Maria has been involved with, where they kind of start stop it a lot. I'm not sure what the reasoning for that is. I don't think it has anything to do with her. I think it's just bad luck, maybe. But it did feel like, especially with the kingdom, before they got part of the Undisputed Kingdom, it, there was like a lot of start stop to it. You know what I mean? Because they weren't sure they wanted to position them as a top, you know, like at the top of of the Ring of Honor. Which, when you look back on now, is kind of funny to think about, you know, because they're the tag champions now. But whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm curious to see. Um, see where they go with it i mean it's you know like you said it's kind of a weird ring of honor this week there was progression to stories but there kind of wasn't at the same time i don't know nyla rose took on uh emmy camacho uh who was trained by athena and uh she beat the shit out of her and it was over pretty quick picked up the one with a peace bomb the iron savages took on some jobbers not much really that they did here they did some hoss shit you know which is what i've been saying let them do just let them fucking be some fucking big meats and maybe it'll work and if it doesn't then you can always get rid of them you know um yeah so okay this is a cool segment backstage ethan page backstage with lexi and aaron she's like hey we know you're going after the title now and we know that you're like dead set on it but like you know what are we actually doing here you know like we actually want to know what's going on like you know people have been like saying like you know what are you doing and so he's like okay and and i don't know if 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 this is like related to the stuff that i've been saying but this is Something that I've been um, noticing recently is that he hasn't really had, he has been like, okay, I want to go after the title or I want to, you know, mm-hmm. film to you with Tony Nese for a while. And then, um, you know, it ends good in feud. the, yeah, which is a good feud. Um, 
but you know, it does feel like it is like again starts. I don't know if it's Ring of Honor is kind of start stop right now with the pushes. I'm not sure what that is like, or if they're just not sure what the how to balance the. It's the inconsistent booking. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you do feel it across the show though. This can inject a little bit into that though, because now we're going to remember this every time that he, we see him in the next gear that we see him in. The gear that he's going to be wearing for every match now was uh, designed by his daughter. So the color scheme and all that. So that is an element of storytelling that you can carry with through the, yes. every match. And, and the commentators can highlight it in every match too. And that is a very important thing. You know what I mean? Um, and that will get over with people. And they're just like, yes. And if you're wondering why, you know, he's got this, you know, interesting look to his gear, it's because he's wearing it because his daughter helped him to make it and he wants to make a win, bring home a championship for her. So blah, 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 blah. And he even, they even called out like, you haven't really been winning, you know, like, what's the deal? Like, you haven't like been winning everything like, you want to win. It's like, yeah, okay. This is a kind of a deep story. I'm, I'm really, Ethan Page is like operating on some levels here. And I think he honestly was speaking, yeah. spoken, was speaking from truth when he said that he, there's people that think that he made the wrong decision by coming to Ring of Honor, you know? I would not be shocked if there are people in the, in the locker rooms right now being like, why are you doing this? You could be on TV every week, you know, on regular TV, you know? And he's like, nah, but this is what I want to do, you know? Um, so you kind of have to respect that. We actually had uh, Aaron Solo back on the show this week taking on Dalton Castle. Uh, who was in the middle of a dead sleep being rolled out on a cart by the boys. Dalton is so out of sorts right now. It's it's fun storytelling. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Solo still... Everything just, he's done is just totally in line with his character, too. 100%. I don't understand what they're going to do with Aaron Solo, man. Is he just one of the ones they're letting the contract run out on, man? Because it just feels like the same vibes. Yep. Oh, 100%. Uh, that's, that kind of sucks, but... Because I, I, I go back to the fucking, the, 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 the Liger thing, man. Like, if that guy saw something, I mean, you got to have something. Like, unless he just fucking missed, which Liger could miss. But he tagged with the guy. So you'd think if he fucking missed, he would have figured that out, you know. But, oh, well. The Aaron Solo aside, uh, Dalton Castle got in his stuff and it was fine. I don't know. Uh, I do just want some progression to the story at this point. It feels like we've been just kind of like... It feels like because they decided to give Athena some time off, they're like, all right, we're really going to lean into this Dalton stuff. But, like, it hasn't been as, like, so dominant across the show as uh, Athena's. Like, Athena would have two, three segments on a show where she'd be, like, opening the show with a backstage segment with Billy and Lexi, and then she'd be have a match, and then she would have a, a backstage segment later in the show after the match. So, and maybe sometimes she would attack somebody in the main event or something. You know what I mean? Like, like a contender of hers that's in a match or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I, so it, it is a little bit less than that. So I don't know if it's like really a full replacement for that. And I do think they are starting to find some things that, but I gotta be honest with you, Charlie, like everything besides the Ethan page stuff and the, and the Dalton castle stuff, it doesn't feel like it's got anything behind it really. I mean, I guess. Oh yeah. There's, came. there's no juice to any of it, which is, I it's unfortunate the, the fundamental problem actually that's not true the women the women do have the the title but that's not really like again we're fucking just not moving forward on that at all we we yeah, finally no, got until okay, well, we finally like start you know pushing something a little yeah. forward here it's like what the fuck are we doing? i didn't write it where anywhere in my notes i don't think yeah no i didn't but they did mention throughout the women's matches on the show that they were gonna drop the the not the rankings what was it the the brackets for uh, the tournament, which they, I thought when they said that, Charlie, we were going to get it at the end of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. or toward the end of the show, it didn't happen. 
Um, nope. So maybe we'll get that this week since they just dropped that randomly, but it could be a couple of weeks also. If it's a couple of weeks, that's just stupid. Why even mention it then? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I understand if, if the commentators are just trying to make it feel like it's progressing, but like, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so hopefully they figure that shit out. It would be good if they did. Um, and we had uh, Lexi backstage, you know, who got interrupted by Nyla Rose, who still wants to talk to Billy Starks. Uh, when that confrontation finally comes down, her talking to Billy, I feel like if Billy doesn't just fucking forearm her right in the face, I'm gonna lose my shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like literally, like, uh, no, they probably won't do that, but you never know. Um, but yeah, so Hilarious says she is the chaos and uh, she's gonna bring that to Athena's hometown. So I think, uh, would you think we'll see Athena show up in her hometown? I would think so, right? Like, we need to, hopefully, right. <laughs> All right, so there's that. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler and Fred Rosser, who I did not expect one C as a tag team and two C as a tag team on fucking Ring of Honor. So bring those guys back if you can. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah, genuinely surprised by seeing them. They were a great team too, which was really, 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 uh, excuse me, great to see. Basically, this was like some very good moments throughout the match. Um, uh, I do like that because these are two legit wrestlers from Japan, they actually did get close to the time limit on this uh, Proving Ground match with the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles against the Kingdom, or I guess it's just against the Undisputed Kingdom. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I it was a solid match, but uh, again, like much of the other things, felt kind of disconnected from everything else, and it's just like the Undisputed Kingdom getting a good win, so okay. Cut to an all-in video about Sting's retirement. Oh, sorry. So, uh, not an all-in. Sorry, I meant to put a... Uh, I put all-in, but we had a, a Sting video about the Revolution retirement match. Not about all-in. I mean, I think they did do something about... Th- this is what happens. is that I'm So they, they do these all-in and Sting videos on every Ring of Honor, and so my brain just like, writes them down because I'm like, okay, that's technically part of the show, but it, I won't spend too much time on it. I'll just say it existed, you know? Just like any other video package you get. Um... But I've now morphed them into All In and Sting being the same ones. They're not. There's a different thing. Sting will not be at All In, I promise. Um, <laughs> it's guaranteed. Um, but yeah. Uh, Slim J took on Ethan Page. And um, yeah, it felt like they were kind of doing something with Slim J the last couple of weeks. And I guess not because Ethan Page has beaten him pretty quickly. So, you know. Um, but I do think. Um, Ethan Page is finally starting to get somewhere, so I'm ex- I'm I'm interested to see where that actually goes. Like I said earlier, uh, Billy Starks took on Killer Kate. Do we think Billy's going to win this championship? I I think it's going to be Red Velvet. Okay, I have no idea to be honest with you, and I don't. No, it's know. a total crapshoot, and that actually makes it kind of fun. Yeah, and pretty much everyone they put into it, I think I would be okay with winning it too. To be honest with you, so yeah. So as long as it's somebody that's not like, as long as they do actually have the person like, th- what needs to happen with this Charlie is we need to get the TV champions defending regular. I mean, obviously we've had it with Kyle, right? But, but we need yeah. to have like one of each probably each week, and maybe you bookend the show with you open it up either with Kyle or with whoever wins it, right, on the women's side, and then you close with the other one being that. And I know that's gonna be like, well, you don't have to have every every week. You don't have to have both TV titles. But like, I just feel like that would feel more important, especially if we're gonna have them be the TV titles. And Ring of Honor doesn't technically have TV, so just throw it on Honor Club, you know? Like, I don't want to see one of these things get defended every couple of weeks. You know what I mean? And then we only get to see both of them 
like being defended at a pay-per-view because there's not that many ring of honor pay-per-views so i want to actually see this be a thing you know um rachel ellering and layla hirsch were backstage talking about brackets that's where the first bracket mentioning i guess probably came in was probably there so i guess we might get brackets next week charlie i have no fucking clue <laughs> who knows know. if I we know. don't after they mentioned him this week i'm gonna actually fucking lose my shit i'm not even gonna lie to you like because we've been like how long ago was this tournament announced fuck like dude the week after the last pay-per-view dude that means it was like what november yeah that's fucking insane dude we're almost in fucking the middle of well we're almost like a week we're no, like, it, week it, was like it, it was it was december but yeah still it was it's still been, it's been it's like, been like for, seven weeks though legit i mean i guess that's better than them just like slapping it together they're actually taking some time to put it together but like fuck you know like damn we need to do something you know be like a 16 woman bracket or something man we better get some talent yeah, you I mean know? that that could be a good way that you spice up, spice up, spruce up some Ring of Honor TV for a bit. Even if you're only giving them like ten minutes, if you have like three of those matches on a show in a two hour show, that, and you space them throughout, if people give it enough of a shit like about this title, like they seem to, then they'll watch. You know what I mean? Um, do you think they've wasted too much time already? Because I do remember when they first announced this title, there was a lot of goodwill it felt like behind it. You know what I mean? From even people that didn't really care about no, Ring no, of Honor. Haven't- they haven't waste. They just need to make sure they crush the tournament. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. There is no excuse any match should go under ten minutes unless it's like a Nyla Rose squash. No, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> the infantry and this is okay. This is a cool match actually. This is the infantry versus the righteous, and this was essentially a number one contenders match, Charlie. Essentially, um, but at least that's kind of the vibe that Rick Amani gave it when he talked about it previously in the show, right? So, because he said something to the effect of, yeah, this will probably decide where the teams fall in Ring of Honor right now, because these are the two, like, most teams that have been winning the most, teams that have been, like, in the contention the most. And uh, the snaps were in for this. Carly Bravo had some really, really smooth sequences in this match. And uh, I actually thought the Righteous' control segment was actually really good as well. And, oh, uh, I think... uh, the hot tags. If you were actually really good at the, the hot tags, which I think, I mean, it makes sense they were tagging on the indies or whatever, but like they just seem to have like a science down. Sorry, they seem to have their tag team wrestling style down to like a science at this point. Where like, I don't know what it is where it doesn't translate in certain matches. Maybe it's lack of trust or something like that on the other people. I'm not sure. Not that I would know anything about that from wrestling, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's just like a miscommunication or what it is, but like sometimes it doesn't quite in the same way connect, but I do think it's really, really good. Um, and the Righteous do pick up the win here. Um, and so I guess the Righteous, if we take it this way, are kind of back on track sort of to an extent. So if they are, uh, do we think the Righteous are just going to be fed to the Undisputed Kingdom? Like, what do we think is happening here? Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> that really sucks if that's the case. If the Righteous really are just getting title shots. Here. Do what? I was rooting for the infantry here. I was as well. I don't think I wanted the Righteous to win this because in my head, I think the Righteous needed to build themselves back up to the tag team titles like they did the first time because it was so organic this is the, and this was is so the first fucking match perfectly. on the show. And I, I felt this really badly watching. This is the first match on the show where I was like, oh shit, I actually don't know who's going to win. And sometimes I hate when the shows feel like that. Obviously, luckily at the end, we had two back to back that, you know, you couldn't predict, but yeah. That's true. That's true. We had uh, Queen Abinata 
So we have red what velvet. I should say is I, I yeah. want more of this. I should. That's like, fair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like more of our signed Ring of Honor talent duking it out because. Like yeah, you we said, don't ever get that. It's always them versus some local talent. Agreed. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. It I feels love, like that's why I, I call it Ring of Honor match. Dark, dude, because that's what Dark was, was you would just get yeah. some local person that's never going to be on the show again until they come back to that town in a year, you know? And yeah, yeah no, no, I'm with you on that 100%. Now, I agree that I don't necessarily think the right person or right people, I guess I should say, won here. But, I mean, the righteous will make – if they actually decide to do a story with the Undisputed Kingdom, who I think based on the fact that they've been – I mean, I don't know if you can tell that when you look at them, the others kind of like they, – they seem a little apprehensive because of the sort of back and forth there's been about the group online. It seems like that could just be them just not really caring one way or the other, I guess, also. But, like, um, it does feel like <clears throat> Taven and Bennett – are taking this very seriously and they're very much trying to make this work, at least on their end, you know? Um, So I think if they have that kind of motivation and the righteous don't feel like, I don't know, perturbed about the way things were handled with them and MJF and, uh, and uh, Adam Cole, especially given how things ended up going, if they're not in like that weird space and it doesn't seem like they have been, Charlie, it doesn't seem like the shit affected them at all. They've just been doing the same thing they were doing before for the most part. It doesn't felt like they slowed down at all. We just know their momentum really got halted with the audience, probably to an extent. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I mean, if if they are all into it, they could do something great. Do I think they'll get that time on Ring of Honor? Questionable, you know. Um, either way, uh, our potential winner of the tournament coming up, Red Velvet, was backstage uh, talking to Lexi. Talked about basically how she's like she's fucking badass. She'll fucking mix it up with anybody, and she's she's gonna do that. So hey respect you know what i mean um red velvet has always been one of those ones that like when she was hurt how long was she out for man it was like a while right like yeah um it was one of those ones you could feel when she was gone because there was she was one that you could literally throw against anybody anybody in a contenders or anybody who's gonna be a contender or if you just wanted to give somebody a good win she's a legit enough established star that if somebody beats her it feels like it matters but it also you could use her for just about anything you know what i mean like you put her in a tag team you could put her in this tournament you could put her in um the 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 um the owen or something like that you know what i mean if we do a women's continental classic you could probably put her in that as like your um probably as more your your jay lethal than your mark Br- or mark briscoe probably because just the amount of women's talent you would have to put into that thing you know what i mean but like um or maybe not even maybe you put her in as a legit contender but anyway the point is like you know she's she basically told everybody what I think we already all already know, which is that she's very good and she just needs to be used more, really. I mean, she didn't say that, yeah. but that's kind of essentially what she's saying. I mean, like, yeah, if you put me out there, I'm going to do some good shit. But she cuts a pretty good promo from what it seems like. So give Riverville a little bit more time. Um, Queen Aminata took on Riza Clark. Um, holy shit, Queen Aminata hit this forearm, Charlie, that I think, I think, bro, I mean, I've obviously Ami- been praising Aminata, dude. I think that forearm, I think that's the thing. I think I'm starting to see what you're seeing, dude. This is, I think this is that next star that's going to break through by just wrestling all the time, like Sky Blue did. I think, I think this is somebody who, that if, if they're not careful, they may have to put ahead of Billy to beat Athena if, they, if they're not going to use her on AEW like that. You know what I mean? Like, this is somebody who I think you could put against just about anybody. Maybe anybody in the women's division on either show, and you're gonna get a good match out of them, and it's gonna result in good shit for both people. Like, agreed. Um, so really excited to see if they actually do something with Queen Aminata. Right now, she's just kind of having great matches, which is good. You can do that in AEW Ring of Honor, but I want to see her do something. 
because I think she has the chops to do it all. And I would like to see her try. Uh, Gringo Loco took on Bad Dude Tito. Um, Charlie, I think this is crazy to say, but I don't think I've ever seen Bad Dude Tito in a bad match, Charlie. I don't think that's ever happened, <laughs> but I can remember. Like, I'm sure you're probably thinking of matches that you can think of where he's had that were bad. But I no, dude, seen no, no, he, this guy is so underrated. Like, he's so good. Like, I hope this is a dude that they just like sneak got on that like sort of I'm working in Japan, but I'm going to work all the Ring of Honor dates that I can until I can get out of my contract. And then maybe I'll come to Ring of Honor and work there full time slash work in AEW, you know, like. If this might be a dude we might have to try and snag from Japan. You know what I mean? This guy's fucking great. And imagine if you tagged him with like the butcher or something like that, dude. The two of them fucking just going in there just slapping meat, bro. Come on. Like what I want. Well, some meat slappers, you know? Um Meat Slapper Taco Nine. Indeed. Fucking and I love that Ring of Honor has this fucking cool international vibe to it with the guys from Japan, the guys from Mexico, the guy, you know, fucking get me some fucking Austrian wrestlers or something. I don't know, like Give me something. Give me an Australian. I don't know. Oh, we have Australians. Hold on. Wait. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, so then we cut backstage. I mean, it was a really good match, though. I, Gringo Loco, again, I don't think I've seen him have a bad match either, to be honest with you. I, Gringo Loco, though, again, I, I do want to see them do something with Gringo. Do you think that Gringo is just going to be, like, stuck at the bottom of the mid card forever, kind of like how, uh, like, Willie Mack and Shane Taylor felt like was for a long time? Like, just gonna, all it needs is one good story. Yeah, and I think That's he can do it. Just yeah. give him something. Hell, fucking bring, get Tito, see if you can get Tito for, I mean, I know he's going to have to do that match probably, right? But, um, but other than that, like, I, I just, if you can get, I would love if they somehow worked it out with New Japan to get somebody over here. Like, you know how, like, was, like it felt like there was that one time with Will, right? It was Will and his dudes came over and feuded for a little while with 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 Kenny and stuff like that, right? Um, I, I, can we get something like that where because they like obviously we don't need to have that big of a star, but could a bad dude Tito or somebody like that come over here and have a feud with somebody? Like they kind of tried to do it with the New Japan LA Dojo, yeah, but like then that closed, so <laughs> it didn't really work out. You know what I mean? Like, um, I guess it didn't close the. Strong kind of went off and become a different. It's not like a thing anymore. Um, I, I would love to see that. I don't know if we'll actually get there. Um, Lexi tried to get a little clarification on who the friend was, and this is why I think it's going to be Dalton Castle because he would not say who it was. He just would refuse to. He absolutely would give no information. No information. And uh, I'm not going to spend either, too much time on either of these because I really actually need to take a piss. So I'm just going to go through this really quickly. Um, I'm just being honest with everybody. Um, and so I'll be right back in a second after I get through this. But we had two four-corner survival matches. Um, this, there's some good stuff here. Um, really fast-paced women. Sorry, the women's match was really fast-paced, and it was really cool. Like, they did some really cool stuff. And uh, I actually really like all, all, excuse me, what all of them did in this. It was just super fast-paced nonstop. Um, and it was a huge win for Red Velvet. So um, I mean, that kind of leads lanes into what you were saying a little bit as well. Maybe she's going to potentially win. And then we had a really fun. I actually think this was a really fun four-way, Charlie. Chris, Blake Christian, Alex Zane, Lee Johnson, and Jack Cartwheel. What a fucking blast this match was to watch, dude. They just did everything cool. Jack Cartwheel might be making an argument for himself to be one of the guys they have to really invest some stuff in. You know, like... um, Dude is like, just like, I don't know. He's got like some... like pwg energy or something you know what i mean like that just seeps into everything you know what i mean like and i just i don't know like 
this is just kind of like a fun match, a big main event, and he win. You know, like Lee picking up the win against all these guys. That's I feel like. I mean, they're not like mega legit Ring of Honor stars, but I think it's important for his career to start establishing that he can get wins like this in scenarios where like maybe you if on paper out of all these people maybe because of how much Jack's been getting pushed lately you'd say oh it's probably him or Alex Zane because he's a way more established talent than all the rest of them in terms of like the AW and the, you know and just probably the wrestling audience in general but you you know and Blake Christian is obviously like kind of an indie darling and then you get Lee is the one that's winning so it's like that's really interesting to me I'm really interested to see if they're gonna actually do you think they're gonna do anything with Lee talk about that while I go can hit a pineapple but like just, do you think they'll do anything with Lee I really hope they do like yeah, I, I think there's a chance that they do. I mean, it, unfortunately, inevitable. It's it's these guys. They kind of just, you know, it, it's hard to tell with with unsigned. Like like Lee went in there with three unsigned guys, right? And that's that's I think what it always goes back to at the end of the day is is what are we gonna do with these unsigned guys as well? So, but no, I I think Lee is one of those guys that's from the Nightmare Academy that. He will get a chance, and I think he's going to succeed when that chance comes. Um, and just like the women's match, I mean, I think all four of them have some serious potential. But you guys know me. I, I really like Alex Zane, Jack Cartwheel. Jack Cartwheel is fucking awesome. So, yeah, uh, look forward to next week where all we have advertised so far is Dalton Castle's friend faces Johnny TV. So, yeah, and let's jump into let's jump into the AEW stuff. So if you guys don't know, we go Dynamite Rampage Collision, and then we kind of do a little preview for next week, if you will. Um, kicking us off on Dynamite, we had John Moxley taking on and defeating Jeff Hardy. All right, well, what I want to do really quickly, since we talked about this last week, it was either going to be a banger or a shit shit show. What, what, what's the verdict? Banger. I think they delivered. I think these boys delivered. Um, this is a brawl. At, at the beginning, it was a brawl. And then it became kind of some back and forth. And we let Jeff cook. We let Moxley cook. Jeff might still have it, bro. Jeff's got it. No, does. Jeff's still got it. He's still he got does, it. dude. We might, have, we might have to just fucking let Matt go off into the sunset and fucking let Jeff get a fucking incredible singles run at the end of his career, dude. Because he could have it. I, I really hope we get a singles run with Jeff. Um, but hey, AEW sees that trio as money. So Jeff, hey, dude. Mark, and... Uh, and, there's and going so. to need to be a contender for Adam Copeland if he wins that TNT championship off of Christian. And let me you tell you, talk about bringing some people back. Adam Copeland you, you, versus you, Jeff Hardy. You Can tell we? people Edge versus Jeff Hardy's happening on pay per view. We're going to check that match out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Hardy's cooking, man. Like I'm into it. No, he is. I'm, I'm so down. Jeff, you know how I is, man. Jeff Hardy's yeah. been one of my favorite wrestlers for my whole like time as a wrestling fan. The fact that he's still able to do it, especially after all the shit that he went through the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like as yeah, a fan, we, this that, feels like yeah. the best it's been for Jeff Hardy in years than ever than when he was on top, when he was on all that shit. You know what I mean? Like he's, if if he's been keeping to it, which I believe he, I mean, I'm pretty sure he has been. I don't think the AW would let him be around if he wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, his life is better now. He's probably got a better relationship with his family. I would imagine. Not that he didn't have a good one before, but I'm sure that shit has a strain on it, no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, and oh, it all plays into it. And, and and now he's wrestling good, and he's having good stuff, and he's got like an interesting story he's telling right now, where he's kind of a heel, but he's also kind of like not. I don't know. It's like we're we're gonna see where he's going with this. You know, I I'm really yeah. interested. 
Same, same. So during the match, Moxley kind of gets flipped over the uh, barricade, if you will. Fucking shout out our fucking LED barricades. Ugh, I feel like I feel like old man yelling at the sky. We don't need that shit, but whatever. Um, Moxley falls onto the CMLL guys. He kind of gives them a little shove. Post match, yo, these guys beat the shit out of Moxley. They lay waste. Moxley's a fucking corpse. They beat the holy fuck out of him, and I gotta tell you, I actually really liked it. Um, oh yeah, I did not see this coming with the CMLL guys when they announced there was gonna be CMLL talent on next week. I assumed they were gonna be in a match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then we got a match announcement. I was like, okay, so they're just gonna throw him on rampage. It's a little bit whatever, but no, that was not the plan at all. Yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, I think this is really fun, and it's kind of the title of our show today is is CMLL Attacks Moxley, right? So, you know, I think we're setting up a fun partnership here. And Can't wait wait for the fucking Twitter posts and and think pieces saying, wow, this is just a really bad version of the WCW invasion. Oh, God. I'll tell you what, though. I'm looking forward to this 3v3 with the Combat Club and CMLL. What a fun group to put the CMLL guys against is the fucking Blackpool Combat Club. That to me shows AEW's not fucking around. And they're gonna they're gonna show they're gonna let them use top talent. And in a promo, his promo might have been on collision. Uh it was a post dynamite promo, so we'll save that. I know it's on one of the shows. Um, okay. We we jump into uh Hank. Uh, it was Matt's, It was the Rampage match with the guys that made the save. So you guys know the deal. Hangman Adam Page defeated Toa Leona. Uh, this was Toa Leona's first singles match on AEW. I, honestly, I, I couldn't recall one on Ring of Honor as a singles match. So fuck it. First singles match in the company. Dude, he looked like he belonged. What a spot to wrestle Hangman Adam fucking Page on AEW Dynamite. And he takes Paige to the limit multiple times. And, uh, yeah. So, I thought this was pretty good. Hangman Adam Page uh, ended up getting the win here. And I think um, Toa might have been one of the first people to just straight up kick out of a dead eye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, there people and, have, have done it. But, Hangman like, had to beat him with a flash pin, dude. Yeah, oh yeah. I like that Toa so, is... Yeah, bro, bo- if they're ever going to, like break that tree up and not keep him and Bishop together as a tag. I think you might have to do something with Toa. Like, just, like you, you got to have more big meats, especially if you want to make the meat division, you know, like, um, so, and he's pretty good. I mean, that was kind of why I wanted him to get tagged up with Bishop in the first place, man. Like he just looked like a fucking killer. And he's got this, like, I don't know. It's something about, what do you think it is about Toa? It's not just the speed. It's not, cause there's lots of guys that are speedy and big and, and strong. There's something different about him. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like, um, Toby's the kind of guy you'd see do incredible in a singles run in Japan. Oh, 100%. Maybe that's what, he, maybe that's what they do. Oh, it's, a total it's, excursion, bro? Break up the team, total excursion? Let's go. Dude, those guys, how they were fantastic in the, in the tag. That's true. So, they literally went to Japan and did super well. You're probably right, actually. Yeah, it's fair. So I can Keep see Toa as, as, as a big star in terms of, like, championship winning, you know. Give him the never open weight title. I was about to say, give him the never, I was about to say, give him the never title. I, that guy fucking looked great with that around his waist. You know what I mean? Like... Shit. We get footage of Matthew and Nicholas arriving to the arena. They're uh, they got their goatees now. They're approached with a format for the show, and they were called Matt and Nick. And this fucking pissed them off. You son of a bitch! I had to bully some intern, man. What the hell? Yeah. 
beat the shit out of him, stole his wallet, and fed it to the goats. No, um, <laughs> they're not that. They're not that good at writing stories. I'm better. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he said, find the person who gave it to him five hundred bucks. Matt said his brother uh, could be a hothead, but make sure that the fine is paid by the end of the day. So now they're stealing Brian Danielson's gimmick. What the fuck? <laughs> Wardlow defeated Commander. Um, I thought the match was going pretty well, but Wardlow on the very last power bomb looked like his knee gave out on him. So he, I don't think he's okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope he's okay. Uh, there's been nothing, and it's nearly a week later, nothing about this. So I'm hoping he's all good. Um, he also took a Phoenix Splash to the fucking throat. Yeah, that looked <laughs> fucking brutal. <laughs> Ooh. Dude got fucking killed. No, Adam Cole in commentary was good, and um, yeah, I just I thought this was a pretty good match. You know, whenever I see matches like this, something I wrote down here is, and this, you know, El Hijo del Wagner just won the World Heavyweight Championship in Noah. You know, the top the top title, and I see stuff like this, and I'm like, God, how, will a luchador win the world title in in either AEW or WWE? Is it going to happen? Uh, Is no. it going to happen again? Like, Rey Mysterio was the last one, right? Um. So, and, uh, and then yeah. it got me thinking, who's the best chances? Is it Roosh? It's got to be Roosh. Um. So, depends on if you count. I, I it depends on if you count Roosh as a luchador or if you put him as no, more no, of a Roosh brawler. Is, yeah, Roosh is a luchador. It's, well, well, what are you defining luchador as? Just like a Mexican I wrestler? Luchador is a Mexican wrestler, yes. Okay, because... I think to a lot of American wrestling fans, when you say luchador, they think lucha, right? They think like flippy shit, right? Yeah. Um, and I think actually kind of this CMLL thing may do a lot, to, at least on the AEW side of things, break that conception, perception. What oh, I was yeah, because Volador Jr., even though he doesn't wear the mask, he is a luchador. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's – it's it, I, I just always I, – I wrote that down in this because I was like, will that ever happen? I don't think Commander will. I hate to say it. He might win a – when you say, okay – yeah, the world title is tough I'm because the world, the AEW World Championship, or the WWE World Championship, whatever the fuck they calling it right now. Undisputed I don't universal. think. Uh, do we do? Do we count Dominic Mysterio? I, I, he's got the heat for it. No, no, no. I mean, as a luchador, I mean, like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, because he was obviously trained by his dad. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could see winning it the best 10 years from now. Company. You know, I think anytime soon it would probably be Roosh. I think Dominic could one day. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think – I think he would have to do a lot to get there. Um, Yeah, I can't even think of anybody else who would – Is Pen- like Penta, Phoenix? I, I think if they gave Penta the chance – I yeah. think Phoenix the same thing. I think if you Dragon if, Lee, I could have actually. I wonder because they put title on Phoenix that wasn't the world title, and it did not. It did not last long, Charlie. So and their tag titles didn't go well. The only belt that those guys, the trios championship with Death Triangle, wasn't that was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. That was obviously really good. Um, but I just I don't know how man. much of that was them, the fact that they only wrestled Kenny and then wrestled- and I I think that really that really <laughs> caught my mind this week with Wagner winning winning the. So so good on Noah and good for Wagner for winning that belt because no, you know there will what? be a luchador to win. It'll be Will Osprey right now. Um, <laughs> it's just it's something I really I want to keep an eye on for the future. I want that to mm-hmm. always kind of be in the back of our minds. Like, I mean, that's a when, really good question. You just put is who is the biggest lucha star in the world right now? And it's like I don't even Vikingo. know. 
It has yeah. to be Vikingo. It has to be. And I think I think it'd be I think it'd be kind of a difficult not to put the world title on Vikingo if you could get it a Vikingo if you could get him, but you can't. So it's because you can't get him. Is Commander the next best bet? I don't know. I genuinely don't. If you don't. would have asked me three years ago, I would have said Andrade for either company. But I'm worried Andrade is just going to fall back into the mid card in WWE. Has so he even just, been on TV since he came back? Like, as far as I've seen, just to negotiate contracts. So, anyways, yeah, this was a good match, well, and um, I just it it as you can tell that this is where my brain was thinking because I was like, no, well, 100%. if Wardlow's getting a shot, I mean, you know, I, there was a time I thought Ray Phoenix could have taken it off of Kenny Omega. There was a time I thought that Ray Phoenix could have been the next Luchador World Champion, but. Yeah, so it's just something that uh, I'm 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 optimistic about for the future. So, um, Tony Schiavone was backstage sitting down with Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Darby Allen, and Sting for the uh, talking about the tag titles. Schiavone reminds everyone no physicality. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, speaks up first. It's been a, quite a journey for Sting in AEW. A journey that started with Starks, who reminded Sting his first win in AEW came against him. Darby Allen goes, "Dude, you're full of shit." This isn't about respecting Sting. It's about a stepping stone, which Sting is anything but. Ricky said next week, two things will happen. He and Big Bill will retain the tag titles, and Starks will get his win back on Sting. Ricky will make sure Sting doesn't make it as a, make it to make it to his retirement. Jesus, I had to burp twice during that. Damn, bro. While he doesn't respect Darby one bit, Bill and Allen... Bill said uh, Allen and Sting were in their mouths about a Sting will retire a tag team champion, but just like everyone else, they're overlooked. Bill and Stark said they'll take their frustrations out next week. Sting said he admired Starks back in the day since he's the only one who had balls enough to talk smack, but respect is earned. Okay. Uh, just to end it, Sting tells Bill uh, the only difference between he and other giants he's faced in the past, they were killers. Not sure yet about Bill. If he didn't add that last line, dude, I would have been fucking, I would have been like, dude, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, and he held onto it for a second. Like, I was like worried. Like that was the end of the sentence. Like I've faced other giants in the past and they were killers. Not sure about you yet, Bill. Darby says he respects uh, Ricky Starks, but every time he points a finger at everyone else, the only one to blame is himself. Um, Ricky tried to get Allen to hit him, but Sting held Allen back and said Allen will hit Starks and Phoenix as he will too. I, I hope that that comment he made is is setting up for a moment between him and Bill where he decides Bill is a killer. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I hope the match. I hope next week when we're talking about how Sting and Darby Allen are our new tag team champions. Yes, I hope we're talking about how this was Bill and Ricky's best match and how they feel like a tag team. They felt like a tag team tonight. And they, they fucking, you know, Big Bill looked like a fucking killer. God, Darby Allen's so easy to fucking destroy, too. Like, this this match should be incredible. And Big Bill should walk out of this match. And we should be talking about it. It was his best match in AEW. That being said, I thought this was a little clunky. What'd you think? Um, me, no, some I, your thoughts. I, I, I didn't really notice the clunk. I mean, I, I thought okay. it was fine. Um... I just thought the flow was a little off to me, but I know I could definitely and, see that. They definitely didn't a lot feel of like people loving it on uh, loving it on Twitter and stuff. Well, so. it, it could have been off the cuff. They could have like not actually sat down and said, "Hey, I'm going to say this." They could have just been like, "Let's just talk," you know what I mean, and see what happens. Yeah, and, like filmed it a couple times to see, and that was just the best one that they got, or whatever. Or they may have even filmed them just sitting there for a while, and they just said lots of things. Because I think there was a little bit of cutting around it. It felt like you know what I mean. Um, I, yeah, like there was. It felt like. 
when Darby spoke, he was speaking about something they'd already addressed. You know what I mean? But then there could have just been like, maybe that's the clunky we're referring to actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But I mean, either way, I mean, I thought it got the job done that it needed to do. My biggest concern coming out of this is what's going to happen to Ricky and Bill, specifically Ricky. I mean, Bill has been kind of like, again, yeah. start, 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 stop, start, stop, start, stop since they signed him. Right. But, um, but I mean, Ricky, I'm really worried about because it felt like when Punk was still around, Ricky was about to be like potentially the fucking world champion, you know, like, and he still could be, he still could be, he still could be, it could be Ricky and Swerve next, you know, it could be Ricky and Samoa Joe next. Like, Hey, I, I, I'd be down for either, but I mean, yeah. like, um, that's my only concern is that, are we going I, to have I, a direction for Ricky out of this? That's fair. That's my only concern with this because I think getting it on Darby and Sting right before Sting retires. Great. Cause then Sting can hold gold before he leaves. You know what I mean? Um, and also Darby having a tag team championship on his legacy, probably not a bad thing for his career also. Um, by the way, Second. Darby just constantly just waltzes into fucking title opportunities. It's fucking insane, you know, but like, and dude just seems to like, you know what I will say this about Darby Allen, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about his outside of wrestling shit before, you know what I mean? But like, if we put that to the side, which we shouldn't obviously, but if we were to, and we just look at the dude as like a wrestling worker, like he seems to just like keep his head down. I don't know what his relationship with people is like backstage. I wouldn't imagine it's spectacular considering he seems like kind of a loner, you know, outside of his like small friend group that I'm sure he has, you know, of like skaters and shit, if he even has that. Um, but like, he seems like he just kind of keeps his head down and the opportunities come when they come and he fucking crushes them. So he just keeps getting them, you know? Um, I think at some point Darby Allen's going to have an absolutely incredible, like six week world, world championship run. That would, that would be really cool. I don't know when it's going to happen. Could be, could be like two years from now, but yeah, I don't think it'll be I soon. Think it's gonna, but... He's just going to have like just an awesome six week title run that like, it'll be like you know? three championship defenses into somebody's title ring. We'll be like, man, this title ring's pretty good. And like, we're like, but we really don't know where they're going to fight next. I mean, they've kind of fought everybody we were thinking they were going to fight. And then Darby Allen's music just fucking hits. And we're going to be like, it's time. It's fucking time. He's going to yeah. kill himself for this championship, but it's going to be incredible. He's arrived. Uh, up next, we had Chris Jericho defeating Ring of Honor television champion Kyle Fletcher. Um, yeah, th- th- there was moments in this match where it felt off a little bit. Why is Kyle losing this dog? I gotta yeah, ask you. Again, why the yeah, fuck why? is Kyle losing this match? I know Chris is going on to face fucking Kanosuke, but fucking why? Why is Kyle even having this match? Then what is fucking Chris going to get a Ring of Honor television title shot now? Like what? Yeah, I I just don't know it. I would have just done it with Hobbs, but then again, I also don't mind protecting Hobbs. It just shouldn't have happened. <laughs> Uh, straight up, he should have just—he should have just wrestled literally anybody else besides yeah. somebody in the fucking Don Callis family right now. Fuck. I, I really hope next week Takeshita just fucking destroys him. Like it's time, man. It's it's time. We need a break. Ugh, we've needed a break for six months from this guy. Why is he beating Kyle Fletcher? I don't fucking know. A really cool video package of Deanna Perrazzo, um, going over the meaning of her tattoos. The duck on her ankle is something she got with Tony Storm in Japan. It's not the only – it is not only means who she is. It not only means who she is, but who she has become. And questions what the tattoo means to Storm herself. We get a bang-bang scissor gang and the live mic. It did a whole lot of talking for a whole lot of nothing. Nothing came out of this. Absolutely nothing. And at this point, I was like, what's going on with this show? What, what, what happened? I was like, what happened? 
happened. No, I think this segment is the, the was the test. No, this so was the. Good. No, I'm not even kidding, Charles. I think this segment was the test. Is the Bang Bang Scissor Gang over enough as a group to work? And I think this will be the one they decide. Nope, just have the feud because it's yep. not going to no, work. It's it's not. It's all the titles. Make work. it make it one championship. Get the fucking New Japan Strong or New Japan Strong, the New Japan Trios Championship, and make it the Continental Triple Crown Trios Championship. Yeah, the Trios Continental Classic is coming, Charlie. My God, that would be actually fucking nuts. How many um, people would that be? Like eighteen people aside, or something? Holy shit! Yeah, no, it'd be nuts. Thomas Tony Storm makes her entrance with Luther the Butler and Mariah May. She's joining commentary. We get Deanna Prazo taking on Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Deanna Prazo ends up winning this match. Johnny TV's out there. They had some funny little kissing moments. Fuckers. Pretty even match um, along the board with Taya and Deanna in terms of, you know, countering each other. Taya at one point ended up getting some really good offense in, in the commercial break. And um, Tony uh, Deanna Prazo just showing her ability to counter her opponents into, like, really neat submission finishers. and. Again, I, I've said it before, but I the way they're booking Deanna, I, I'm perfectly fine if she wins this championship. I think it'd be actually really neat if AEW did this. So, I don't know, but Tony Storm is the best character. Oh yeah, she's on television, there and it's a women's reasons. division that needs. Uh, it, it's going to be getting Mercedes, so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, she was so funny during this match. She said, like, first of all, the, the thing that made it onto Twitter was the the beads not for her neck that she got in New Orleans. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. When what I thought was funnier was when she was like, yeah, there's two reasons why, two specific, very specific reasons why I think Taya Valkyrie reminds me of this one uh, person. It, it's her fucking tits. And I was just like, what the I was like, what? Yeah, she's like, I would have told her chin up tits out, but it seems she got the memo. <laughs> it's like, well, god damn you. Damn, bro. Uh, fucking... Yeah, that was pretty good. Was pretty also, good. dude, the submission that fucking Diano picks up the win here with? What the fuck was that? That is some... Put me in that, god damn. No, anyway. Um... No, I really I really want this Diana and Serena D match, man. Like, that's becoming my my dream match in the company right now. Like I, I think I really want to see Mercedes, that match. The, the Mercedes we currently have, not the new Mercedes. I mean, other Mercedes as well. But I mean, you know, the, but against uh, Mercedes Martinez would also be good because she does the submission thing. I put her against, uh, I don't know, like fucking. She's really, really good. I, I think we're gonna get the Mariah May match sooner than later. So that would be good. That'll, that'll be a fun one. Do we um, want Mariah losing that quick though? <laughs> I, I don't mind it. it. Not to, not to Diana, who, who it. You know. That's okay. That's fair, actually. Yeah. She's been established as legit. And I, I, by the way, I really appreciate that the AW crowd has taken to Deanna and not just been like, oh, it's just another wrestler. Like, they actually do like her and they think of her as a legit yep. star, and I think that's cool. She feels like the top of she feels like the top of the division. I don't think she's going anywhere. Okay, Renee's backstage with Darby Allen. Asked about his admiration for the Young Bucks. Allen was confused. Renee's like, she's nodding along. The, the Young Bucks come walking in with headsets, and they told Allen, go ahead, answer the question. Matthew said they come in peace. They love Darby. He's a young, hot star, just like they are. They're confused why he's allowing a 65-year-old to leech off of him. They suggest the Bucks and Darby Allen should join, join up a, a new, hot, emo trio. <laughs> Nicholas says, cut the shit. You've been, ducking, you've been ducking us. Allen said, the only thing that's on my mind is the tag team championship. And he leaves and Matthew said, guess they'll just have to get his attention another way. So, 
Do you think they beat the shit out of Sting after the match? I think this is just them laying the seeds of it's going to be Young Bucks for Sting and Darby Allen. They just haven't confirmed that match. I think the way you can, I think the way you confirm it. I mean, that's how AEW generally yeah. does do matches. A lot of times, if they're if they're pissed at Darby and Sting because they think Sting's a leech and an old guy, and Darby's, you know, misusing his talent or whatever, but you call that when they're mad that somebody's not getting their own potential. You know what I mean? It's a weird thing that does happen in wrestling a lot. I don't know how to define it in words. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like where they're like, "You could be so much better. You should come with me." No, exactly. Oh, no, I'm destroy you because even though I want you to do better, I'm going to kill you now. I don't know, whatever. Um, I uh, I actually really want to see Darby and him as a trio. Now, I'm not even kidding. That would be fucking hilarious. Can that you would be the emo awesome young trio. trio. No, that would be an awesome trio. That would be really fun. Um, do we think? Ooh, 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 ooh. Here's a good question because this will probably happen because we've done this a lot recently. Do we think the Young Bucks? Darby and Sting will have like some kind of trios match on the way to it, or do you think they won't touch until the pay per view? I don't think they're going to have a match until the pay per view. No, I, I think Sting and Darby Allen will defend the titles once against you know someone, probably the Outrunners, Pro- probably Reynolds and Silver according to the rankings. So, um, but yeah, our main event: Samoa Joe joins commentary. Swerve Strickland versus Rob Van Dam. Holy shit. What a, what a bold decision to suddenly just make this a hardcore match, too. I yeah, like that for the dealer's match. choice, too. It it opens up with RVD. Have they done the these dealer's choices before? Am I just not knowing some history here? It was very, some... like, very old. I think it was, like, 2019, 2020, like, Cody Rhodes, MJF shit. Like, and then, like, very, they just... Very, old. Was it Was the picking the match stipulation a thing then, too, or...? I think so. I think if so. it was, then maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't do it then, or they did do it then, but they didn't do it a bunch. I did like that. That was a thing, and I just swear was just so confident that Toa could beat him that he didn't even think that he needed to do that. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'll tell you what, man. Someone finally outsided Swerve, and I think that's it's being Hangman. I mean, that makes complete sense to me. You know what I mean? And how good did RVD look? I mean, the style that he wrestles is fucking perfect for him. I am telling you, I keep hoping that one of these matches, maybe this will be the one because it was a really good match he had with Swerve. I'm really this hoping. This was my favorite until the Hechicero match. Yeah? Like, th- this was going to be the Dude, one I picked. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Like, this match makes me want a full-time RVD run. Maybe not a full-time, but, like, more than the tiered or just he had the appearance. record at the bottom of the screen. I mean, I know, look, I know. there's... Look, I'm with you. I'm with get him you. on that tier deal. I, get him for certain dates. Get him in and pre-announce these matches so that you can sell shows around. Because people will go to see RVD. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, dude, especially um, after this match. Like, are you kidding me? Like, even the rumor, I bet sold stuff on this match. You know what I mean? I bet there were some people that were like, "Well, it might be RVD, so I'll go." You know, like um, the whole damn yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, I, I, I. That's all I wanted to say was I really hope we get an RVD run out of this somehow because I just I think he still has enough to give. You know what I mean? That he could do some stuff, and I think. He's clearly interested in wrestling still. He's not done, obviously, or he wouldn't keep coming back, you know? So, I, force the issue, Tony Khan. Make him sign something, damn it, you know? like No. And, offer and, him so much money he can't refuse. I mean, look, dude, they tease that tag team of him and Hook. I'll tell you what, man. That, those two against the Young Bucks as champions? Look, you're talking fun. This guy with the Young Bucks would be awesome. It would be fucking awesome match. So, yeah, this match was absolutely incredible. Um, the match I could recommend the most from Dynamite is this one. I just don't know what happened in the midway through point of the show, but until the women's match, I was... I, I don't know what the fuck happened. 
Okay. No, I definitely felt that. The flow about like an hour Some, into the someone show. Someone else got the book, bro. I don't know. Like, the it was hour funny. into the show, I was like, are we – am I enjoying this show? It's been fine, but like eh. – Yeah, no, and then it hit that weird fucking bump. And I, honestly, I'll keep it a, I'll keep it a buck with you, man. I, I flipped it off and watched Dino, the rest of the Dynamite the, the, the next day after the Bang Bang Scissor Gang shit. So I, I – I, that was me. I was one of those viewers where I was like, hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling this right now. I'm gonna watch it the next day, and that's just me being completely honest with everyone. So, and and I don't always do that. I, I'm not even kidding you. As soon as Dynamite ended, I was like, it was good, but I I don't think it was the number one show of the week right now. Obviously, Collision ended up being the number one show of the week, but I was like, dude, I think NXT's got this shit beat. Like, like damn. But it wasn't a bad Dynamite. This match was fucking incredible. So, uh, if you if you skip Dynamite this week, just go ahead and catch this match. And uh, you'll do yourself a favor. And, and John Moxley, Jeff Hardy. If you're an old Jeff Hardy mark like us, go no, ahead and look in the show. One. They're both good. Yeah. Um. We oh, uh, Rampage, Top Flight, Private Party. They got time, and the time worked. Um. I, I actually really thought this was a good match. And uh, you know, bro, hey, I love when you can tell on the rankings now, right? Yeah. Oh, you hope so, right? Bro, I love when you can tell the wrestlers are having fucking fun, bro. Yes. Zay yes. was having a fucking blast during this match, dude. Was just flipping and flying fucking everywhere like an absolute freak. Like, dude, this is just four athletic freaks doing four athletic freak motherfucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, How nice would it be if this this is what our tag team championship was around right now? Was, was a feud like this? Well, we couldn't have had that because of Dante's injury, obviously. But I'm just saying in general. Like, I, I hope in six months from now. This, this is like, this should be right. These are the this, two young hot tag teams, right? What we're doing for our title, like, and it just feels really, really fresh. And the winner and then, of that yeah. feud goes on faces like Lucha Bros, and then the Young Bucks, and fucking then Aussie fucking... Open, please oh. soon. Oh my god, bro! Can you imagine but, Mark Davis just fucking just just forearming the piss out of Darius and just watching his jaw fly into the third row, bro? Come on. <laughs> yes. Um. Let's get a best of a thousand I saw written on the uh, Wrestling Observer. So, yeah, fuck it. Send it. Uh, they should be ro- rolling this back for a third time, um, and it'll be good. Rene interviews Sammy Guevara. Uh, Will Hobbs. Uh, he called out Will Hobbs for costing him the World Tag Team titles a few weeks ago. I'm guessing Guevara, Hobbs, maybe Rampage next week or, you know, Collision or where, wherever they're going to work. Hobbs wrestles Collision a lot, so I can see that popping up. Um, Jay Lethal can't get the Sanjay Duck crew to work out with him. Jarrett doesn't need to work out because he's a two-time Hall of Famer. Jarrett screamed at Lethal for being too nice, and uh, yeah, this 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 you know this doing anything at all for you? Of course not. Oh, and you know what? I forgot this match even happened. I'm an idiot. They already had Reynolds and Silver. Wow, I forgot this match happened. I'm an wow. They, they, they put them in the rankings, Charlie, to have them lose to the champions. Ricky Starks what? and Big Bill defeated Alex Reynolds and John Silver in an Eliminator match. I, I just remembered Ricky Starks. So what the, the fuck do the rankings match. matter if the number two team can just get an Eliminator? What is fucking happening, Charlie? No, no, no. no. That, them being in this match is the rankings, right? I guess it's just to humble this team. Get them out of the top five. We move on. Uh, Ricky felt like a big star in his hometown again. Uh, but no, dude, the number two team looked like fucking jobbers, and I don't often say that word. Well, no, 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 no. Remember, but, uh, no, 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 no. Wait, the, 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 well, yes, I agree. So, yeah, that's right. So, that's in my head. So, I'm trying to – sorry, Charlie. I'm trying to wrap my head around this a little bit because it is very confusing. So, 
Yes. They were ranked number two heading into this week. That's what the rankings reflect. Correct. So next week, they're not going to be number two. Correct. Correct. So really, the rankings that we get at the end of Dynamite are last week's. I mean, and I guess I, this is very obvious, but I'm just trying to make it make sense in my head because I haven't been able to fully I think the rankings are going to, we're going to get rankings like two hours before Dynamite. That's my guess. That, I would hope it's like that instead of after. I and they, those are the rankings we use for, you know, at the end of the show, it is a little confusing because the Dark Order shouldn't have been ranked number two at the end of the show, if we're being honest. No. Like, and, 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 and yeah, no. Going into Dynamite this upcoming week, they're not going to be ranked two. I, I, I do believe we're going to get it at like 5 p.m. Eastern. So. Oh, it is also weird, though, because I guess technically, I mean, how do we, so, yes, because this was recorded the night of Dynamite, but. Kayfabe, Friday, yeah. So. <laughs> does that, does that work? Uh, if you're releasing a the ranking. Show with the rankings, yeah. If so. you're really, yeah, because I guess, if you think about it, they released the rankings before they recorded, then, yeah, I guess it could work. I don't know. We had Renee interview Don Callis and Powerhouse Hobbs. Callis made it clear that it's he and Hobbs that are after Sammy Guevara. Dude. Do you want this match at all? I like both these guys. Do you want this match at all? Keep it uh, no, I think they could have a really good match. Will they actually end up having this match on the pay-per-view? Probably not. It'll probably be a pre-show oh, match. Oh, God, no. It better not be pay-per-view. Please, no. Why not? No. Dude, this pay-per-view is going to be so fucking stuffed. I, I can't have 12 matches on this pay-per-view. I, I don't think we will. I think I think a lot of stuff is going to get dropped. Like I think, I think, I think half the like stuff eight. people think is pay-per-view right now is going to get resolved on TV. And that's going to be a real We already have so many booked for it, though. That, that is true. Insane. That is true. I mean, how many matches do we actually have officially announced for Revolution so far? I think four. And they're all title matches, assuming the Darby Allen one. But that's that's not counting Eddie Kingston Danielson. If that, match, if that, the, that, that, that might be where we're wrong. We, 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 that's where I'm saying I think we might be wrong. That, that's why I threw out that I think maybe Danielson versus um, Eddie Adam, on TV. But here's the thing: Copeland and and Christian. That's all happening. The Bang Bang Scissor Gang match. I mean, I think like every title is going to be on the line, dude. I mean, it could be, and if it is, and then... hopefully we get into some new champions in places. All right. Um, the next match. Wait, we are we going to still have go. the face of the revolution match too? <laughs> I'm sh- I could see it. Maybe on zero hour. Okay. Let Commander win that. Let's get Commander rolling, bro. Get him in that blast ring, buddy. No. Probably going to be fucking Wardlow. God damn. All right. Uh, Will Basically, the revolution Gale two years in a row, baby. Takes on and defeats Queen Aminata. Like, dude, what more can we say about the Queen, man? She's so good. Um, Stokely and Chris Statlander were there uh, to accompany Willow Nightingale. It's always, it's always, your- I like this little trio here. I bro, Willow was out there shaking it. her ass. What the fuck is going on? And the Queen was like, damn. No, oh, yeah, the, no, the queen, the queen got it going on, but um, no, she is, dude. I mean, I bet some of these kicks brought Willow back to when she faced Julia in Japan, dude. Like, like Queen can fucking sling it, dude. Um, so I keep saying, I think that, dude, she's gonna get over on wrestling ability alone. She hasn't said a word, I don't think yet, that I can remember. Like, so and no, and people are already hasn't. into it. Yeah, so. No, Queen Aminata's legit. She is the workhorse. She is the women's wrestler of the year, and she hasn't won a single match on AEW TV. So that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do with that information what you will. What do I, I am not PWI. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> Renee Paquette interviewed Orange Cassidy and his best friends. <laughs> Orange asked for this time because he knew Roddy and his crew would interrupt the interview. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. I was like, come was on, like, Orange. He's too smart for his own good. Orange this guy's the dead. This guy, he, he just broke the fourth wall. He just he says the he's, fourth wall. Bye. 
See you he's later. Deadpool, he's the She-Hulk. He'll break that fourth wall. Um, Cassidy's friends want to fight Strong and his friends. Cole suggested a four-on-four, but from his wheelchair said that can't happen because Chuck Taylor's injured. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the four-on-four can't happen is because of Chuck Taylor's injured. Why is this so stupid yet so funny? Uh, I, hey, I, I, you know what? That I being said, up, though, we get, I hope we get the Rapungi Vice entrance because of that. We probably won't. They'll probably all just come out together. And, um, rank number five tag team, Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta agree. So they're going to hmm. team with Rocky Romero against Strong. I'm Matt Taven and Mike Bennett next week on Rampage. And the interview ends with, why is Actually, it yeah, I mean, hey, it should be a good fucking match. That's all I'm going to say. It no, should be. fucking loaded, dude. Agreed. Renee interviewed Willow, Statlander, and Stokely. I put Willow were, and company for some reason. I don't know why. That just they were like interrupted by Soraya, Harley Cameron, and Ruby Soho. And dude, everyone just starts screaming at each other. I know. <laughs> it's like Cameron fucking, yo, hey, hey. Harley Cameron bit Stokely. Yo, what yeah, that, was, that was crazy, bro. What the yo, fuck? What the fuck? Oh, we got a tag team match made for next week. I thought all this made sense. No, yeah, no, completely, yeah. I thought these back-to-back Renee interviews were pretty fucking funny. Mm Mm-hmm. I I think Renee actually, that might be an underrated part of Renee's game, is that she does a really good job of of being the straight man in a comedy comedy segment. You know what I mean? Like, because you kind of have to be as the interviewer. You can't, she does break sometimes when something really funny gets said. You know what I mean? But um, she has enough personality. the best on interviews by far across wrestling. I think Lexi's making a really, really, really good Lexi's name for herself, there. though. I, I, I might put Lexi at number three right now. Like, like. Who do you have a number? Who do you have a number two? Then? Byron Saxton, man. I, I yeah, Byron, Byron backstage Saxton. is actually really good. I'll He's give you that. So good. At He's fucking one of the best for years, and then he was good on commentary too. I thought, but he was. I think he was phenomenal yeah. at just putting people over. Yeah, I think he's so underrated. Yeah, and and so I think I, I think everyone said he was a good wrestler too. Like I. Maybe he was I just good it. for the business, and and he just never really got any opportunities. You know, I mean, he's got opportunities. He's never really. I think big he's one. the NXT guy now, like like backstage guy. Yeah, that, hey, that guy. That's a great place to be. Talk about getting young people interviews. over. To talk about a dude that knows the trials and tribulations of trying to be over and be involved in the wrestling. Dude, what the, there's literally nobody better to put in that spot. Honestly, so like, yeah, Renee is just so good. I mean, the stuff she's been doing with Soraya these past few weeks, like it, the story. Just they seem to have a connection. Like, yeah. If, if Renee was a wrestler, we'd know that it'd be a match coming out of that. Oh, um, 100%, yeah. And then we jump into this main event of Rampage. <laughs> Mystico, Volador Jr., Hechicero, and Mascara Dorada defeat Christopher Daniels, Matt Seidel, Matt Menard, D'Angelo Parker. Okay. This was fucking cool. Um, first of all, whoever put Matt Seidel in this match is a fucking genius. Because oh, this 100%. guy, yo, you... I, I keep saying he's on a fucking run right now. He's no, one of those he eight people I was talking about. Like. He is on a run, but dude, you sometimes forget just how good he is. And I think people were quickly reminded when he was in there with Dorada. Um, yeah, and Hechicero, we got to see a little bit of him. Obviously, we saw much more. Uh, he did stuff with Daniels in this match. We got to see much more uh, with Danielson, which was just phenomenal. Uh, Volador Jr., Mystico. Uh, Mystico is so fucking good. I've seen some people say he's the John Cena of Lucha Libre, which I just find kind of funny. I, again, I'm not like too familiar with the lore, but to me that says no one ever beats this guy. So, um, <laughs> who was that? They, who was they say Mystico is kind of the John Cena of Lucha oh, Libre. Oh yeah, so bro, which is crazy because he's the original Sin Cara, right? Like, I think so. 
Yeah, so me, I, wish, yeah, I, I really one like of the most hated show. figures in wrestling ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of like the audience, you know what I mean? Like, they just fucking didn't like the guy, and but he's actually a real fucking great wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, a phenomenal. And two for two in appearances in AW so far. You know what I mean? Like, I was pretty impressed with him. <laughs> um, and yeah, just Matt Seidel. Fuck, let's let's get more of him this year. Seriously, he's he's been featured a lot in 2024, so I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, guys, that was a really, really. Uh, I actually enjoyed this rampage i'm gonna be honest top to bottom i, I liked it I, I it's kind of funny i forgot a match that happened in the middle of it but no the willow match was really good with queen top flight and private party and then this main event our first cmll action against you know four four of our undercard guys but it's two tag teams that aren't have been tag teams for a long long time so yeah that was rampage uh, a good rampage uh compared to i think god it was last week's where i was just like yeah this is not even worth our time um <laughs> But that takes us to Collision, where Jesus, we've covered like half of it. Yeah, no, we. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and pick first, it up. First, like forty-five minutes of the show was the two matches we talked about. Uh, <laughs> sandwiched in between those, this is episode episode thirty-two of Collision, and uh, John Moxley had a, a, a promo where he threatened essentially a counter invasion of CMLL. I hope if they do that, we get footage of it shown on AEW because I don't know how yes. to watch CMLL. So you know, um, no, yeah, they they should. I, I'd let them let them go to a fucking big CMLL show and do the thing there too. There might, you know, what people should do if they're sleuthing. Look for, look to see, look and see. Is there a big CMLL show coming up close enough to when we'll get some potential progression in the story? You know, like, um, I hope like, this isn't just like a short thing. Like, I, I want this to actually like. That's when I when I said earlier. I hope it has legs. I genuinely do because this could actually be something really cool that works out super well for both companies because. Having AW contracted talent in CMLL probably only raises the stock of CMLL, I would have to think. You know what I mean? Like, and CMLL talent that are good coming over and showing off what they can do is just going to make the wrestling world more open to Lucha Libre in general, which they already are. But I don't know. I just feel like we are, like, like we were talking about earlier, who's going to be the next big luchador to win a world championship in one of the major companies? Yeah. This is how you get there. You have to let these guys like Vikingo, like Commander, like volador jr like the other three guys in the match you 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 know like you have to let them have the opportunity to show that they can be that next star um because lucha libre feels like it's been left in the dust for a long time in terms of like being on the top of things because i don't know maybe we could do literally an entire hour podcast just about that um anyway so, yeah, let's move on. We talked about, obviously, the Hitch Zero versus Brian Anderson match as well. FDR and Daniel Garcia were backstage, and they cut a promo as, like, a new little trio. So we were wondering, is this trio going to become an actual trio, Charlie? And it, it looks like it's going to, officially, after this promo. It seemed like at first, like, the way uh, Danny was cutting it, it was like he wasn't sure if they were going to or not. But then when Cash and Dax both addressed it, they basically seemed like they're all they're all in on this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. No pun intended, or pun completely intended, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so that's a new trio for you, which I think is a really good trio. It's funny as fuck, Charlie. It's been like four times since FTR have been like winning championships as a tag team and been like one of the main acts on the show that we've been like, who's going to be their trios partner? And they've had like fucking so many at this point. Like, and now it's Daniel Garcia, I guess. Are they just a revolving door with a trio? Is that what they are? Like they're never going to actually win the trios titles because they just don't have an actual consistent third or like. Oh no, I could see them winning the trio. I, I think they're just waiting for whichever one gets over with it. You know, whichever one that the the timing's right. You and, know? and that's kind of what they were talking about in this promo. Is like we didn't think it was going to be Danny and us, but 
here we are. You know what I mean? Like, so let's see where it goes. I mean, let's be real. Would you, we think Wheeler Yuta? I mean, we, Wheeler Yuta felt like the right guy at the right time for the Blackpool Combat Club. But we did really, did we really know it was going to fully work? You know what I mean? No, not really. And it worked out really well. So sometimes you just don't know. Um, not that I think that I know or don't know in the situation, but you, you know what I mean. Like, um, Hook took on the Outrunners. Yes, both of them at the same time. That's right. You heard me correct. The Outrunners finally got put in their place. Fuck. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, you just shouldn't do this with established tag teams. But in this case, I just I don't really care for the are they an established tag team? Like who have they beaten? Yeah, like, no, you shouldn't do this with teams that are on TV. Like, like to me, just a fundamental thing. I would do this with two guys. No one knows. Not a fucking tag team. But well, maybe they don't, don't have any the real plans so. for these guys. Maybe that's yeah, no, what it no. Is. And, and it's just like there's now nah, you don't recover from this. Like it's going to take a fucking everyone. To get, you know, just for like four happen. months ago, or I don't know how long ago the Outrunners came into the company, but whenever the Outrunners came in before then, this would have been the infantry. I hate to break it to you. Like, yeah, no, I, I just would do it with two enhancement talent, and it's just unfortunate. It, look, if I was a really big fan of the Outrunners, I'd be fucking upset, but I, I, I just got to be honest, as, as a fundamental idea, I don't like them doing this to tag teams that are, oh, yeah, from teams. I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But I just don't consider the Outrunners to be a legit team. <laughs> That's why I don't care. Like, you know, like, because um, <laughs> yeah. I've just never seen anything from that that actually makes me want to see what they can do. Like, I'm sure they could carry a story, but like, would it be a good one? Eh? I don't know. Let's over quick with the Red Rum. Tony Schiavone introduced Mark Briscoe, who then called out the House of Black. So that should be a fucking insane story. Um, he basically talked about how, like, it's kind of the same promo he's been cutting for a while, which just with a little bit of different words where he, and I think this might have been the best version of it he's done so far. Maybe he's been trying to work out how to say this properly in a way that makes sense. But basically saying, yeah, you know, I my life completely changed a little while ago, you know, and uh, 2023 didn't exactly go the way I wanted. So I'm trying again, and we're going to see what, where it goes. And uh, first thing I'm going to do is uh, call out the House of Black, who were fucking with my friends. So I guess he's just going to solo take on the whole House of Black. Um, Because I I mean, I don't I don't think Danny and, and FTR are going to be involved anymore. Although the fact that he was involved, like, there is a little bit of a hanging thread there that if he is just solo going after them, knowing that FTR and Daniel Garcia are also still out there after they just got into it with these guys, like, it would, would we be okay with them just leaving Mark Briscoe out to dry like that? Or Hey, man, this guy's got a trio with him in the rankings. Briscoe and the Hardys against House of Black? I mean... I mean, yeah, no, that could 100% work. I, I'm. It's interesting that they just decided to, to, to split it like that. Maybe maybe they didn't expect Danny and, and them to work as a trio like that. It did. Eh, whatever. A Serena Deeb took on Queen Aminata. And again, Queen Aminata just, it's so fucking in there. It's kind of insane. Dude, when it's Charlie, you know what? I don't realize how much she's been wrestling recently. It's got to be an insane amount. Like, I would love to see how many matches she has had in the last, like, five weeks, six weeks. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not five, six, but, like, the last three, four I'll weeks. The, I'll get that for us as we're, as we're going on. I'll get that exact number for us. Dude, because she has been, the amount of time she has been coming up in our notes the last three or four weeks has been insane as one of the participants in a match. And there's not been a bad match that she's given anybody. Like, that, that this needs to be studied. This is, I don't think I can remember a wrestler having a run like this in AEW, period. Like, Nine matches in 2024 already. That's insane. Um, hmm. Six on AEW, three on Ring of Honor. 
That's insane. That's yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a There's crazy people workload. People that don't get nine matches all year. That's unfortunate. Sarai's so, uh, not going to do nine matches. She might do. She might do nine. She won't do nine. She's, She's already doing out. one in February. So yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We're a month in, and she's only not each other. Let's keep this fucking over under on that throughout the year. We're gonna try and remind <laughs> over under okay? nine matches, Soraya. Yeah, we've had people uh, leaving us comments on Spotify talking how they like the show. Hey, if you guys are listening on Spotify right now, over under nine Soraya matches. You fucking write it in the comment right there. All right. If one person does that, I'll shit my Wait, pants. Wait, Spotify does comments for podcast episodes? Yeah, it's like some... I don't know what it is. It's like a review thing per episode. No, that's actually pretty cool. I'm down with that because reviews are like, cool. Man. I love when people do the reviews, but I wish they could do that. They could leave like a comment like on YouTube. I, I don't know why more websites that do social media-based like things. Like, I don't know why they don't do that. Anyway, whatever. Um, ooh, this was a very good segment after the... But, but yeah, just to say, Serena Deeb, obviously, she's been really good recently back. Um, and, uh, and, uh, she's, uh, obviously I think, I don't know what they're going to necessarily do with her, uh, upcoming. Do you think she'll be in the TBS, uh, maybe scene or something? Um, I hope so. Cause that, that match with Julia could be she really teach a shitload to Julia. Oh yeah. You know, I think, I think Serena's just going to be doing her own thing for a little bit. And I, I am. Hey, give me, that. give me a secondary women's feud beyond the two titles and I'm, and give me all three on pay-per-view. And I know we don't want more matches, but I'm down with that. If we're doing like with Serena, cause we've seen what Serena does with a non-title feud with Sheeta and it fucking ran AEW television for about eight weeks. You know what I mean? So like, yep. um, and we both were like, Okay, we we want to be over this, but it's good. So if they keep doing it, we'll just keep saying we like. It, you know what I mean? Like it was so crazy, and then it got a little old. But uh, but yeah, the next segment was really good. Swerve Strickland came out and uh, making the making his first appearance after being ranked number one in the rankings. And uh, bro, this is a fucking incredible promo he cut talking about like the black history of pro wrestling and shit like that. Do you remember when like a while ago, Charlie? Do you remember what I wanted from Swerve? It was this exact type of shit right here because I know that kind this of is, shit this is, the shit is on Swerve's on mind. Podcast, yes, right? this is the kind of shit that Swerve's very, very conscious of. You know what I mean? And I think that Swerve will make that history in AEW, and I think that his response he understands the responsibility that that means does that mean he's going to win it now no we, we could see him lose we, she, shit he could lose to samoa joe charlie and we would be like you know what i would have put it on swerve but i understand if you want to keep it on joe or something like that you know what i mean like yeah or Joe's if you wanted to drop it to somebody else off of joe right like hook maybe they saw something in hook and they're waiting and they're going to bring hook back in a while and that's where they're really heading you know, a la MJF, like we thought was originally going to happen with CM Punk if Punk hadn't been a bitch, you know? Um, and um, sorry, Punk fans. I just, I have to be honest about it. It's, he, he fucked it up, you know, but um, jumped into the crowd. He broke his fucking leg. Fucking Kurt Angle fucking wanted want a goddamn gold medal with a broken neck. Why can't he wrestle with a broken leg? Anyway, um, uh, can you imagine Punk with a broken leg wrestling, bro? He would, tr- he totally would try if he actually had the, mo- if he wanted to do it, he would totally do it, but it would, it would end badly probably for the guy, right? Um, <laughs> uh, no, anyway. Um, but that being said, yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know, like, Swerve is just fucking like, is, is there anyone even close to Swerve in like all the categories, wrestling, fucking on the mic, fucking, like, it, He's got all the sauce right now and all the momentum. Have we gotten a proper story between him and Brian yet? Like, other than that one just, match just they go, had in Seattle, but... 
I, yeah. I guess that was pretty good, actually. I can't complain yeah. about that. They did a good build to that. That swear's fucking run is insane, dude. That was I forgot that match even I didn't forget that it happened, but like it's been and it's been recently enough too. Fuck that. God damn, swear was so good. I can't I can't get over it. He even fucking looks like he doesn't look out of place next to like the best wrestler in the world. That's fucking crazy, you know. Anyway. Um Tony Storm uh was backstage in black and white to talk about uh how she's, you know, uh kind of a little bit like I've been using the word perturbed a lot when we talk about wrestling, but she's a little annoyed <clears throat> with the way that Deanna has been like talking about their past and stuff like that. And so she's scheduling a public workout, which is a match. Um, did we get, did we later in the show get who she was going to be facing? I didn't write that down. I'm pretty sure we did. Right. Yes. Uh, red velvet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Remember what I was saying earlier about red fucking just throw against anybody in a contender, a champion. This is literally what they're doing. They know what they got in red velvet. They know who she is. Um, and then that makes sense because we rolled straight from that into Red Velvet versus Birth Vixen. Oh, that's probably where we got it right after during that match. Um, and uh, didn't really give Vert a lot here. It's a strong victory for Red Velvet, which makes sense, just setting her up to take on the champion next week. So that is that. And then we got our main event. This was a fucking fun match. This is, I think, what's going to get the FTR trio ranked here. They actually, I mean, if you think about this, like overall, this is kind of like a fucking massive win overall because th- there are a lot of things that could come out of this that you could potentially play with. The first of which being obviously the trio's rankings for DGFTR. Daniel Garcia now probably has an argument for a TNT championship match. You have this trio probably being the immediately one of the best trios just on paper just because of the people that are in it you know what i mean like it's god did you have danny garcia and ftr on your bingo card no I, I did not and i'm fucking loving it dg ftr was Talk not about a team for us man literally a dream team for us yeah it's literally like the best tag team in the world with one of those youngest best up to, up and coming technical wrestlers slash... be honest, it's it's with our guy i mean it, yeah, no, you know, yeah we have our pillars but daniel's kind of always been our guy yeah, he's been he's been the dude that it's we've like, like seen the most in yeah for sure yeah like uh they did some, oh there was this really great spot um so first of all uh, kudos to to daniel for getting a really really good hot tag spot um but there was a uh, a set of stereo corner punches that normally I think Dax and Cash would do, but they had Danny do it instead. And the crowd was going insane for it, dude. They, dude, the crowd was insane for Collision in general. But, dude, this match, they I don't know if this is what they were all there for, what they were all hyped for was this match, but goddamn. I haven't even talked about the Patriarchy yet, who also were really phenomenal in this. Luchasaurus, I, I will admit, I didn't really notice him in this. He did do some stuff. I guess I should say kill switch, right? Um, but, but he fell to the background of this. It, Nick Wayne got got the most rub. Nick Wayne looked great here, though, and and I'm glad they decided to do that because it does feel like he's been kind of in the background for this for a while. So they did they wanted to get Nick Wayne out there and show everybody what he can do. He had a really really phenomenal mid air Wayne's world. Um, excuse me, um, that Wayne's world could become like the RKO if they treat it correctly. But they, they got to just they one they have to not throw out every cool Wayne's World counter that they can think of right now because if they do it's going to become old really fast, you know. But also, and it also will mean more when you do it less, you know what I mean? Um but like I also think that he can he has he should show what else he can do besides that as like a way to finish matches. I actually liked what AEW was doing for a little while there and it seems like they've leaned out of this a little bit more. I'm not sure why. It felt like for a while there, Brian was finishing people with like six different moves. You know what I mean? And now he's kind of falling back to the LaBelle lock, which is fine. But 
I, I like when a match can end seven different ways for certain people. That's way more exciting to me. Yes, like, let's get back to this. That's yeah. It's much more of a traditional thing of, you know, not one move finishes a match, which is something that I think people were taught to do for 20 years in a row, but it's like, nah, a lot of shit can finish matches. I, I like it when like a giant corner fucking suplex can finish a match because it feels like it's appropriately timed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's really a thing anymore. I think they've done the superplex to death, but you get what I'm saying. Something like that, a big, like, I don't know. There was, there was a finish on NXT Vengeance Day this week with Ilya Dragunov where it literally looked like something out of Dragon Ball Z. He just ran at him from the fucking corner and, like, just threw his entire body into him, but they were both so tired and dead that that's all. that was the final straw. That's what he needed to push. They, like, collided into each other. And I was like, God, dude, I'm thinking about how that would look in real time, and it probably looked fucking incredible. Oh, it was it was f- fucking beautiful. God, I- Ilya Dragunov is is just so special. Is the, the reason I fucking tuned in for keeping it honest. Ilya, but yes, no, it just yeah, Ilya gonna kill you anyway. Um, yeah, no, this was just a really great match. Uh, Danny continuing like I, I think uh, I I don't know what you've seen recently, like what you're thinking recently, Charlie. But to me, the trajectory that Daniel Garcia has been on at the start of this year, he's going straight to the top, my brother. And I would not be surprised if he was in the world title scene very soon. Because I, I, I think we're getting gold this year. I think so. I think, I th- I'm hoping. I'll tell you what, man. I hope his first gold's in the trios now. What am hey. I saying? He got a match with fucking MJF during his title reign. Of course, he's in the world title scene, but just not like the top of the world title scene, yeah, obviously, yeah. where he's getting matches for it, you know, or ranked for it. Whatever. No, we we need Daniel Garcia to stay healthy and stay active, and he's going to earn that spot on All In this year, and he's going to fucking crush it. You know, I think it's a big that's a big thing for Danny. So that say exact same Virginia can start calling him Dancing Danny. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Literally, uh, that, that, and that's yeah. That's I don't really have much. Did you have anything you wanted to add about this match, Charlie? Because no, I, I, I think kinda... you covered it perfectly. Um, oh, uh, I forgot Menard... to mention, FTR did the fucking dance on TV. So I think they did it on like a house show before, or not house show, like an like when the uh, when they'd gone. Yeah, 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 it was like a post match thing. Yeah, yeah, no, they did the but dance. They did it for um, the this time, so it's a thing. <laughs> Matt yeah, Menard, they gotta teach them how to do it. though. Cash Wheeler is not moving his legs at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Matt Matt Menard approves of the of the uh, relationship with FTR, and I think that that's good for me. Um, is he basically talk- Danny's manager at this point? Essentially, like yeah, yeah, it's his best friend. You know, it's his boy. So okay, let's do a little preview of next week. Um, okay, Tony Khan has a big announcement. We've kind of theorized all show what that could be. I I love these little things. To me, it's fucking. I know it gets so much shit online. I love oh yeah, little announcements, but. Yeah, I, I got a good feeling about this. Um, when it gets an AEW world title shot at Revolution, Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Page. Double count out. What do you think? No, um, I, double knockout. What? It, talk to me. Do you think we get a winner, or is this is this going triple threat? Uh, Joe interrupts and triple threat. Okay. AEW <laughs> World Tag Team Champions Big Bill and Ricky Starks defend against Star- Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, I think uh, Sting is winning some gold, baby. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would think so. Yeah. And unless we were just completely wrong about this story with the Young Bucks, and it's just like that would be how crazy would that first be? Match loss Hold can't on. be here. How how crazy would that be? If Sting loses first to Big Bill and Ricky Starks, and they don't win the titles, that would be way more shocking. Honestly, like it would be. It really would be. Kanosuke <laughs> uh, to Kester Chris Jericho. Who you got? It better be Kanosuke, or I'm fucking quitting this podcast. <laughs> Tony Storm versus Red Velvet Eliminator. I got Tony Storm here. I don't see Deanna on commentary though. 
But that should be interesting. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how she sounds on commentary. John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Claudio Casagnoli versus Mystico Volador Jr. and Hechicero. I think so. They've got to be the CMLL guys, right? Yeah, because they won a match against you know non not the Blackpool Combat Club, but then the Blackpool Combat Club won a match against them in their first official meeting in a match. So, yeah, they probably need to get one back here. Um, I guess that will be the way we know, right? If they're just doing this for like a one, you know, quick two week invasion, like to be like, hey, CMLL guys will be on throughout the year, but we're not really doing anything with them right now. Yeah. That'll be how you know is if they just lose. You know what I mean? Like, and then for collision, all we got so far is Adam Copeland's going to be there, and international champion Orange Cassidy defends against Tomohiro Ishii, which is cool because that's the same day as uh, Danielson versus Saber. So it's kind of like a one to one trade. Get a cope open at all this week? Am I like fucking tweaking? Nope, no cope open this week. Okay, the fine. Suzuki one. That's fine. He probably needs a week. And. uh <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll get the Hobbs match on here probably. But uh, yeah, guys, that's it for us this week. Uh, another nice long show. But again, when you have as much news as we do, that we, we got to cover it. I mean, like I said, we we didn't even dive into Rock and Roman. And there's so much more other shit we could do- talk about. But um, thank you very much for uh, sticking out with us. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys on Saturday for the New Japan show. And then uh, back to, back to normal next week. Same time. So Thanks, everyone, and uh, have a good one.